Hey, I'm Jeff Reed. <laughs> I'm Craig Gillian. And this is the From First to Last podcast. Da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the From First to Last podcast. It's a podcast where my friend Craig and I, we get together each week and we work our way through a director's theatrical filmography from the first film all the way to the last. And Craig. Yes. It is a momentous day. It is the day. The day has come. This is like. Finally. If there was a From First to Last wedding episode, (laughs) 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 we've been building to this. It's our 29th episode. Ooh. And. I'm going to be honest, for everyone at home, it's like we've been building for 28 <laughs> episodes towards this, this for, day. This is Craig to go crazy. Craig has been... Craig, Craig. When we are in our Origins episode, check it out, we talk about uh, our decision to what directors we were going to be looking yep. into for the first volume, which is five directors. And... Uh, when Craig pitched Zack Snyder, who is our, our director for season <laughs> two this season, I was really concerned because I know how passionate Craig is <laughs> about Superman. He's currently sitting in the studio wearing a Superman jumper. Oh, and a shirt. And a shirt. I think it's oh, a shirt. Oh, and a shirt for so. today? Yeah, oh, I do. dang. I do have a Superman shirt. Yeah, awesome. Oh, yeah, wow. You are so... This I is do. like... I didn't even t- know that one. This is like you wearing a tuxedo. No, no, no. You've like got all dressed up. I don't think I own anything that's not a Superman shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Well, also in the studio, we do have Superman sitting behind us watching over proceedings on the wall. We should take a photo for our next episode I know, we will. We will. Definitely, definitely. Put a big B in between it. it. Um, Cool. So, Craig, how have you been feeling about this season so far? Oh, this season so far, I have enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. It's um it's 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 renewed I, I guess a little bit of appreciation for Zack Snyder. Yep. Um but we've been sitting on that 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 those level of films which made me fall in love with him in the yeah. first place. So yep. this these coming films are the ones that trick me out. Yep. And these are the ones that will test me. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> so these are the ones that will make me, because I uh, yeah, I I was so in love with Zack Snyder. I, I would have put him in my top five directors. Wow, really at one stage in my life because I just I was so just impacted by him. Yeah. Um, and then we had a really bitter breakup. Um, pretty much after this film. <laughs> 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 and so, um, yeah, it was bitter. It was, but I kept going back to him. Yeah, I well, kept going back to him. I think it is because he's a quality director, isn't he, Craig? Oh yeah, I just also wanted to see Superman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, last week we we looked at Sucker Punch. Yep. And it was a really interesting episode, wasn't it, Craig? Man, I was heaps, heaps surprised with Sucker Punch, man. Yeah. I, um, the more I think about it, too, the more like I appreciate it. Yeah, same. I appreciate it, and I appreciate it. Um, and I think it's one of those films that. Everyone should watch as part of a Zack Snyder marathon. Yes. So okay. well, let's say you're programming three Zack Snyder films that for his, for Snyder Fest. Yep. You're put, saying put Sucker, Sucker Punch, Punch has got to be in there. Put Sucker Punch in there. Would you c- put that as the middle film? 
Yeah, 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 definitely. As the middle film. Definitely as the middle film. What? Off the top of your head, without the next two films, just from your knowledge of the next two films. Yeah. If you were to program a Snyder Fest, what would your three films be, Craig? My feel three films would be... I'd have to put Dawn of the Dead. Yep. Um, and then Sucker Punch. And then Man of Steel. Interesting. Mm. Very or, interesting. Or Batman vs. Superman. Yeah. I feel like you have to have one of those DCs floating around. But what, isn't it insane that you could program three films and not have Watchmen or 300 in there? Exactly. I think they're, st- they're very standalone <laughs> films, though. Yeah. Uh, I think they're very standalone films. Um, You know what I mean? Like, um, you don't so much as see growth as in, yep. you know what I mean? You don't. Uh, that's it. That's him at his peak. Yeah. Running full peak. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, you don't see where he's testing the boundaries. Yeah. He's very, very confident in where he is. Yeah. It's he big sure balls is, Snyder. He is. Yeah, he's so ballsy. Yeah. We've said it so many times this season already, but like he is flat out ballsy as poop, isn't he, big, Craig? Big, big nads. Yeah. So this week um, we are taking a good look at Man of Steel. Man of Steel. And... Um, Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, look, <laughs> I can't stress enough at home how much of a Superman fan Craig is. <laughs> He's literally like, it's been funny. It's since we've been friends, mm. there's always been that Jeff's the Batman guy, Craig's the Superman guy. <laughs> and yeah, I'm really interested for how today's going to go because... Oh, uh, look, it's, it, it's going to be an interesting, it'll be an interesting um, episode. Yeah. But I, I don't think it's, it's not going to be anything whiz-bang, guys. I'll be straight out to you. I just uh, think I've been excited all week. Craig and I haven't talked about what we feel about the film. No. So we've actually not talked um, about, like, I think we only got to talk today to say, did you watch it? Yeah. <laughs> um, and and so, like, it's there's this real unknown quantity for me because... Um, like, I've not told you how I feel about the film. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, I just know that you are so passionate about this. I, I'm expectant as to there's going to be lots of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I think there'll be. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, and it's really good that I got to watch Batman vs. Superman okay. last night. Okay. As well, which adds a, adds a certain flavor to it as well. Interesting. Mm, I, I know. I... Yeah, I only got to watch the film today, Man of Steel. Yeah. Uh, it's been a little bit busy in the Reed but House busy. lately. Uh, but that's okay. All exciting things. But um, I'm really I'm really looking forward to today's episode, Craig. This, cool. is, this is like one of those ones, if I was to, to map out, when we mapped out our, our journey for the first volume, this is one of those episodes that I was like, it's going to be fun. Regardless <laughs> of how it goes, it's going to be a fun one. So here's hoping. Now, Craig... Before we get up to the uh, old this week, what's going on? On oh, Snyder News. Snyder News. Snyder News. Snyder News. You got any? No. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I thought for a second there I did. But I, I got don't. really excited because I don't have anything. Yeah, either. I don't have anything either. I, I thought He's I laying did, low. But no, I remember because I thought I was watching news today, but it wasn't. It was old news. What was the news you looked at? Just so Oh, just um him referencing the Man of Steel issues. Oh, really? Mm. So there's a video of him talking about issues with Oh, he talks about them a lot. Talks about really? Lot. Yeah. Interesting. Well, hold on to that. Oh, I, let's, oh let's I will. I'm holding on let's to that. Get baby. There. Um 
Cool. Well, that's a great installment of Snyder News. Snyder News. <laughs> we are good at this jingle game. We are, man. We're jingle. We are really we're, good. We're masters. All right, Craig. So let's just rip straight into it. Let's rip I think in. there's going to be so much fun to be had. <laughs> we're going to indulge in some pizza afterwards as well. So I'm really Ooh, excited yeah. for that as well. Yes. But I just want to preface this because there's so much out there about Man of Steel. Like if we think about, um, say, Watchmen's journey, um, then we go on to like Legends of the Guardian, Sucker Punch. There's not a lot of information about both no. films and the making of them. But Man of Steel is such a big film. Like if yep. you think about for Snyder's career, this is his biggest named film. Definitely, this is his. This I would say this is his first franchise film. Yeah, totally. And so logically, it is. Yeah. What accompanies a film of that level is the fact that everyone's watching for something. Like, they want news. They want to consume every bit that they can. So, like, we could literally spend hours just talking about getting from, say, Superman Returns. Actually, we could just go through Superman for a couple hours before we even get to Man of Steel. So, I just want to preface this and say... A lot of you guys are going to have information we don't talk about in the journey to Man of Steel. It's cool. I've just picked some highlights so that we don't spend an hour and a half talking about how we got to Man of Steel and then bore the poop out of you or leave us with a half hour to actually talk about the film. And also, there is a lot, so much history behind this thing. Yeah. And it doesn't only sit with Man of Steel. No. You know what I mean? So even just talking about talking about Batman or Superman, yep. all these characters that he starts to, st- which he's stepping foot in now, it's bigger than all of us. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest, it's guys. Massive. It's bigger than all of us. And each one has an incredible impact on the other. Yeah. Totally. Totally. So, Craig, shall we get into it? Oh, let's get into it. Yes. I actually did think I completely forgot to do it. I was going to be, when we came back from our theme song, I was going to play the Superman theme song. I play it every morning. It's my alarm clock. Is it your alarm tone on your phone? Oh, the best. So each morning it goes... And does it ramp up? I love it. Too much. Does Seriously. it help you bounce out of bed? I feel I, like it's I something listen, that you would be bouncing. It, it gives me um, gives me chills every time. Oh, every time. John Williams. Every time, man. What a composer. It, it, is, it is top three com- composition movie compositions of all time. For you? Oh, just, you have to say all time. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of John Williams is in there. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's just go there quickly before let's we go there. into this. Cause let's go um, there. Because let's go there because also that's a big elephant in the room as well. Yeah, yeah let's tackle it now. Um, so, John Williams' Superman theme, which is iconic. It's iconic, but it's also, it's almost like, it's like a Beatles song. Yeah. So you don't know how iconic it is sometimes. Yeah. You forget. Yeah. So the other day, just out of, you know, I sat through it a good, well, I always sit through it. It always sits, you know, I always listen yeah. to it at least once a week. But I sat through it and just paid full attention to it. Yeah. And it is, without being a muse myself, it's incredibly, uh, it's incredibly complex as it changes in tone. Yeah. It goes from light to dark and then it basically goes from high to low. It's just a, Brilliantly complex tune. Love it. 
and, and it conveys. It it does. There's so much uh, when I think about it as a composition. There's so much hope within it, mm. um, like, and that's something John Williams does so well. So much triumph. In yeah, it. it is, isn't yeah, it? It's victorious, Mark, right? isn't yeah, it? It is. It is. It's victorious. It's and, triumphant. Um, and I, d- I really want to make a note because Craig and I have touched on this before. How passionate you are about the Superman theme song, mm. um, to the point we talked about how people sing the word Superman to it when it goes. Yeah. Da, da, da. Richard Donner was talked about it in the commentary. Oh, really? That it's the first. It's the, one of the first songs that you actually. It, the music when it goes, da, 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 it conveys Superman. Yeah, because it was cut like that so well into the movie. You know, yeah, that's when the Superman logo comes up. Yeah, and you just now, whenever you hear that, you hear the word Superman. It 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 just almost automatically opens your mind to Superman. Yeah, so it's like it if you hear the Indiana Jones thing or Star yeah. Wars tune, you know, Harry Potter, Harry Potter. You know what I mean? There is a common link in between all oh. four of those compositions. Right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> John Williams. Oh, but there's amazing Jaws. Jaws, I know. See, so he's, he really is. Uh, when you really start diving deep into his his work, though, his instrumentation. This is where everyone's going to find out how much of a musical nerd I Good, am. Good, no, I um, want to hear it. But his instrumentation um, is what makes it iconic. So you know how that you that? that his use of like brass instruments, like French horns. So the for. Superman's the fanfare. Dun, da, 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 yeah. da, 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 they're all on trumpets, trombones, yep. French horns. When you think of Harry Potter, do, 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 <sighs> you know, doing that. <laughs> um, like that's done with a little sort of chimey sort of thing. But really what really brings it is when the brass come in with the horns. You know, again, um, Star Wars. Yes. You know, the horns are the thing that you sing. Uh, you know, da 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 You know, with yeah. the the Imperial March and all those sorts of things. And so his instrumentation is really what gives away that it's a John Williams yeah composition. Same as when you start getting into you know um, Thomas Newman. I I love Thomas Newman, and Thomas Newman has done. Uh, Finding Nemo. You know, it's really yeah. got that sort of... But then you start picking films that he's done. Lemony Snicket, the same instrumentation. Even Road to Perdition, there's that same sort of instrumentation throughout the th- the his pieces. So, um, yeah, I just... Man, I'm such a nerd. No, um, no, you're not a nerd. That's what... And it's that's what it is. It's amazing yeah. what the music does to it. Yeah. And especially, obviously, the Superman thing. Yeah. And it's not in this movie. Yes, <laughs> and so this is the elephant in the room. It's not, but Craig, can I can I counter that? Yeah, yeah, um, counter. So I was listening today, and for those at home, we have a Spotify playlist mm. called the From First to Last playlist, FFTL playlist. Um, I'll put a link up this week on social media so everyone can sort of yeah. get on board with it. But I've been choosing, I listen after the film to the score. Yeah, and I'm choosing two to three pieces from that that I think are standouts. And today, uh, something that really, after you'd mentioned, oh, you're so mad about there not being John Williams. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, I really want to dig deep in Hans Zimmer's score for this film. Mm. And I remember, I when this film came out, I was just gobbling up. He was putting videos of the recording of everything so there's like a theme song he uses which has multiple drummers and just all this stuff but um Hans Zimmer's uh theme during the Krypton scenes yeah you could literally sing the John Williams 
if we played them together, yeah, they would sync up. And what you what I realized today is that that theme in Krypton is like the dad version of the John Williams version. Oh, really? And so you could sing all through that, but then you've got this really low and um, there's not a sinister nature to it, but there's almost like a a wise nature, yeah, a wise and sort of. Almost, yeah, it's almost as like Superman is the boyhood version or the the coming of age version. Yeah. And this is the, I've got it all together. I know what my purpose is, that sort of thing to it. And it seriously, like, it was like a little light bulb in my head. I was like, oh, my gosh, Zimmer's score is bonkers. Oh, look, I think the tragedy of it is, is that Zimmer's score yeah, and throughout the films, yeah. like even Batman vs Superman, yeah. Are great. Yes, they are. Um, he's just fighting thirty years of culture. Hundred percent. You know what I mean? Uh, if it was any other any other character, yeah, it would be. Well, it's like doing a Star Wars film without. Yeah, exactly. the Star Wars thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, people people want to hear that to associate with it. And there are moments in the film. I love that we've not even <laughs> got to the, the <laughs> making there, of the film. But, but, um, People don't come to us for a straight line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but Unless like, it's a cocaine. Uh, <laughs> whoa. whoa. Um, yeah, so like later in the film when um, Superman's got his suit on mm-hmm. and he's being led away, he's sort of giving himself up. Yeah. The... Um, Again, it's almost like Zimmer's gone through and he's rubbed out every third or second or third note from John Williams' thing and then pushed it together. So I could almost piece together John Williams' score That's in awesome. there. But they were just, it was just like, instead of going, duh, 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 it was like, duh, duh, you know, that yeah. sort of stuff. And so it was like, oh, he's like, really? Um, I'm just going to throw it out there. Hans Zimmer is doing an amazing job. But I do agree. Oh, no, I think he's doing an amazing job. You've got to have the Superman theme song in there just once. Yeah. Even if it's leading us out with the credits. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, it, um, you know, at the ending, if it was just like... Just at the ending, it doesn't... And he does ref, he does flesh it out a little bit in yeah. other films and he references it in um, Justice League. Yeah. Um, but it... Yeah, it, it needed to be... It needed to be added in there. Yeah. Yeah, no, to I totally, I, I agree with you, Craig. He because does. well, also in um, jumping straight into the f- jumping straight into the film. Yep, is Zimmer's work through those parts are heavy. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, they're very heavy. Yeah, and they don't, and it's a film that's already very heavy. Yeah, um, and so basically, it doesn't. You know what I mean? It doesn't. You want to be uplifted in the way exactly, that John exactly. Exactly. Once again, let's talk. Let's let's, let's re- reference Mark um, Mark Wade, who one, wrote one of the great yep. um, Superman yep. collections and origin stories. It's this. There's no triumph. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's Did he do All Star Superman? Was no, he, was that, Mark uh, Wade? that was. Forgotten his name. Awesome. It's him. Yeah. I think I've got it on my phone. Okay. Cool. Yeah, but um, yeah. No, Mark Wade did Superman Birthright. Ah, uh, yep, yep, yep. Um, and yeah, and it basically, but it is. There's no, there's no, there's no sense of triumph to it. Yeah. Um, and there's 
And that's that. That's sort of what's missing some part of it. Yeah, is that triumph part. Yeah, yeah. But I we'll talk that. about that later. I've got, I've got, I've got more on that bit too. Okay, cool. Well, <laughs> we'll get there later. Let's we'll get there. Let's we'll get, get there, to um, how the journey is for Snyder and the film. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we've got two years since Sucker Punch was released. So it's 2013. We're in now. Cool. Um, really, up until here, Snyder has been really working his bottom off yeah those um, big nuts of his three films in three years Just shooting out everywhere uh, <laughs> yep and nuts <laughs> like that you'd have to <laughs> seriously nuts like that you'd yeah. have to you'd have to relieve the stress somehow yep yep <laughs> i think he, he that's why he exercises a lot yeah it's like that's why he exercises. in um, 300 that's not snow wozers <laughs> <laughs> Oh, jeepers, creeps. I'm such a visual person, <laughs> Craig. That's At the horrible. end of Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs> they oh, actually filmed goodness. that in the desert. It was just oh. not. It was like, I can fix this. <laughs> oh, just goodness. leave me alone with, with Marlon Ackerman's nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> All right, put your courts on. <laughs> oh, so bad. Um, so... I'm just going to rewind a little bit, though. <laughs> in 2006, Superman Returns was released. Yes. And um, Craig and I were friends here. Yes, we were. I remember that Craig um, took some time off work to go watch it. You yeah. were so excited. Oh, yes, man. Oh, yes. And you were very passionate about your love of the film. Let me let, let me ref, let me talk about a little bit about Superman Returns. Yeah. Very quickly, because yeah, once it. again, I don't want to fall too far off the path. No, no, but um, I think it's a really so important part of the journey. Now, Superman Returns, obviously, Brian Singer, um, yep. very exciting. Yeah, Brandon Routh, you know, he's very look. Let's be honest, he is almost a carbon copy of um, of Christopher Reeves. Yeah. Okay. So, and that's where they've done the vein. They've done it in the vein of that. Yeah. Um, it was it was meant obviously it's still meant to be the um. It was an unofficial sequel to a Christopher Reeves, yeah. um, Superman the movie, um, and it did come out, and and there were some amazing scenes. Now remember, you hadn't really seen a Superman movie since Christopher Reeves, yeah, um, and so it was a very exciting time because I grew up obviously on these Superman movies, yes, um, especially Superman two, you know, what yeah, I mean? um, and all of these movies just all my life. Wanting, you know, yeah, it's a little TV shows, yeah, horrible, horrible, horrible. Lois Dean and Clark, Kane, Lois and Clark, um, you know, um, poor Dean Kane, but <laughs> but yeah, and had to go and basically sit through this crap, and then suddenly Brian Singer, he's just done X Men, yeah, he's releasing a movie. There's some parts of it's been filmed in Australia, in our hometown, yeah, Martin Place, Newcastle. It's gonna be awesome, yeah. And admittedly, there are so many parts of that film I loved, but yep. over time it hasn't held up as much as it should. Yeah, me. I've not watched it in a very um, long time, Craig. And so, and time is greatest indicator. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, Brandon Routh, great, w- very true, bit wooden. Yes. Um, one of the best scenes still in my movie career is the um, airplane scene. Yeah. Love it. It's just ridiculous scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and to see, and that, it obviously shows it. But I, every criticism aimed at super, at that movie, yeah, I agree with. 
Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. almost every criticism I see I definitely see the point. Yeah. Um I agree with and but it's one of those things where careful what you wish for. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's careful what you wish for. And this this film I believe was a direct answer. Yep. To a question that not many people were sure that they wanted answered. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, Superman Returns, like, yeah, I, I love people at home. I hope you're catching how much Craig's passionate about this because <laughs> it's so good. And I did I did go sparingly on my notes because I knew Craig would. I almost felt, I felt really um, uncomfortable and a bit like heaps of pressure to do my <laughs> don't notes Don't feel pressure because you know me, I forget you. I forget um, you, I forget names, yeah, I forget people, I forget I just dates. don't want to be saying stuff and then be like, no, uh, uh, oh, oh. Oh, no, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so 2006 Superman Returns. Wrong! No, I'm joking, yeah, it was released. Um, <laughs> I don't know dates, so I just now, assume. Now, um, the studio, um, the they just, it didn't hit the marks that they were hoping that it would. Exactly. It was very weird marketing. Yeah. Um, it was Singer played too much. Yeah. Um, to the Superman icon iconography, if you want to yes. call it that. Um, and I could, and once again, it explains why Man of Steel exists. Yeah. You know, and that's why I think they're so intertwined. If you watch both of these movies, man, you'll see mixed within them. Your favourite Superman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it is it's one of those things, isn't it? Like they're overcompensated in a way. Incredibly yeah. overcompensated. Incredibly um, overcompensated. It's really interesting. I found a quote uh from one of the studio heads um at the time and he said that they felt that uh Superman Returns positioned the character um in a it didn't position the character in a way that they felt the character needed to be positioned. So they were really worried that at the end of Superman Returns, yeah. he wasn't heading down a path that the studio saw that Superman should have been heading down. Ah. Um, and oh, so, oh, you go. Oh, and and just in a slightest rebuttal to that is, I don't think any studio executive gives a shit what path <laughs> Superman's <laughs> character goes down. I think that's a cop-out question. Well, it's, it's probably a, an easy explanation <laughs> as to e why they didn't do a sequel. Oh, yeah. Oh, it, the explanation would be just it never made the money. Yeah, and and it didn't. Um, and But also, Warner Brothers are skittish people. Yeah. They're yeah. heaps skittish people. I think they have a... Um, I was thinking about it today. They've got quite a lot of visionary directors that they're giving goes because yeah. there were parallels in this film that I was like far out it's like Snyder spent heaps of time hanging out with the Wachowskis yeah yes yeah, yeah um, and throughout his filmography I've felt there are very big parallels with the Wachowskis oh heaps who parallel. are in the wheelhouse of Warner Brothers yeah, exactly. You know? um, and so I think Warner Brothers, what they do well is they get a stable of great directors. Yeah. And they allow them to make what they want, but they're not going to make it twice if it's not successful. Yeah. I, um, And I think, and we'll, we'll go into this more as they go along. Yeah. Is they don't have the patience to stick with it. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's and about the dollars. It's like, oh, look, and, and sometimes not even about the dollars. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, And I'm sure you're going to this a little bit. Like, Man of Steel, you know, made a profit. 
It did. It made money. You know what I mean? And 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 so did Justice League, Batman yeah. vs Superman. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they all were skittish of going fan reactions. And yeah, they they did a lot of um. Well, I look. They say it's an arc. Yeah. I think it was a lot of it was reaction. Well, it's interesting because we will get there well, in we a moment. We planned that all along. Uh, bullshit if you planned no. that all along. It, 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 <laughs> uh, yeah, we've heard, like, even in Snyder News, we've talked about how um, Snyder came, well, Kevin Smith came out and said that Snyder's Justice League was to be three films. Yeah, and, and that should have. And they should have done it with, or, or look, squeezed it down to two. Yeah. Um, but and they should have stuck with the arc. Um, this was meant to be the start of a five-story arc for Superman. And in part of that, I think they've chopped that up and reconfigured it completely. Probably. Yeah. Oh, no, completely. Yeah. One of the things you can see in this film is that there's no universe building whatsoever. No. Well, this is, yeah, they try to by doing subtle Easter eggs in places. Yeah, but that's all they are. They're Easter eggs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Batman Forever had an Easter egg of, he's probably halfway to Metropolis by now. Yeah. And... You know what I mean? That wasn't meaning they're going to bring in a Superman yeah, thing or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you think about... And it, look, it's it's an obvious thing to do, and I don't like to do it as much because yep. I know they wanted to go their own path. But if you compare it to a Marvel film, yep. you know what I mean? Every film, even their start-offs, were incredibly connected. The Tesseract, yeah. you know, yeah. Blanc here. You could yeah. see the... You saw the Asgard tree in the start of Avengers. You know what I mean? They threw their money all in that there's going to be a film after. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, even look, Iron Man, you know, because yeah. he walked in at the end and goes, okay, the Avengers Initiative. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they, they play that. I was I was surprised because I waited for an end credits on yeah. this. And there was nothing. No. Um, I will say, though, in the Because defense, they were scared. They were skittish. Well, yes. and But they had already before... Film the film had been released. Mm. Snyder already had a script and a storyboard of Batman vs Superman. Oh look, I think that's true. Yeah, and I incredibly think that's true. Yeah. And but remember, we also there's so many um, storyboards and but like it's it's not hard. Like even the Dark Knight, for instance. Yeah. Or yeah. Batman Begins. Right at the end, there he pulls out the playing card. Yeah. And you know there's going to be more. Yeah. Just in that moment. Exactly. And so it wouldn't have been hard at the end of this to have a reference as they're cleaning up the city, doing all that stuff. Mm. You know, even let's take uh, Lawrence Fishburne's character. Yeah, exactly. And at the end, if he's like, oh, man, how are we going to deal with this? Now, and like made a reference, it would have been a great tie-in actually, is at the end, Clark's just got his job at the Daily Planet. Yep. And they're, and they're like, you know, he's going to be uh, – Taking a better look into that bat freak we're hearing about. Yeah, exactly. And, and who to know? So suddenly you don't know Gotham's just across the bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought the mean? exact same you thing when they like, were on the ferry. Sorry, I I could actually see Gotham from the from the shorelines here. <laughs> Do you know what my mind thought <laughs> in that moment? Go, oh, okay. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> it was so nerdy. I, I I watched that when they were on the ferry, and I was like, oh gosh. Well, then Metropolis doesn't need Superman protecting it and Batman protecting Gotham. Yeah, like, exactly. It's not hard for Superman. What about the poor rest of America? 
You know what I mean? And they're total different. And they're then they're total different cities in comic book lore. They're very different yeah. cities. You know? Yeah, yeah. Gotham is le- legendarily gothic. Yes. Um, and Superman. Yeah, metro- yeah. Well, they go by their names. You know? Yeah. What I mean? It's a metropolis. It is <laughs> a metropolis. You know what I mean? You're like, man. God, you know, Metropolis aren't ain't helping out their f- cousins over at Gotham, man. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, we 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 <laughs> we heard about that stuff put in the water that freaked everyone oh, out. I can imagine. I can imagine people, man. Oh, you just be like, you're dating a girl from Gotham? Yeah. Oh, Shit, God. bro. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, bro. <laughs> <laughs> she carries a big wooden hammer. Yeah, holy um, shit. <laughs> so and short shorts. <laughs> <laughs> so Craig, in two thousand and eight, Warner Brothers, um, after the sort of non-success of Superman Returns, yeah, it wasn't yeah, an unsuccessful. It, film, I, I would call it a non-success. Yeah, it, it didn't have the underperformance. Hit yeah, underperformed exactly, and I don't think underwhelming yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, underwhelming as well. Yeah, because they just realized. I think. Yeah, they just it just got too much into a love letter. Well, and I think they thought Brandon Routh was going to be a big star after it. Yeah, and it, why shouldn't he be? You yeah. know what I mean? Well, On he paper, didn't have the chops. He looks. He didn't have mean? the chops. Oh yeah, exactly. Look, I think Henry Cavill. You know, but we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. So in two thousand and eight, Warner Brothers began taking pitches for the direction of the franchise. Cool. Um, so at this stage, um, Snyder is, he's released 300. He's in the middle of making Watchmen. And I'm in love with him. And Craig is deeply in love with him. Yep. Um, so a few of those pictures we've already talked about um, a group of comic book writers in this episode so far. Yeah. Who were parting, part of the pitching process. So yeah. they pitched their idea for the franchise. Um, you know, both we talked about Birthright. Yep. That the the writer of that was um he pitched a, a sort of franchise option. Yep. Um also Superman All Star. Uh, Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison, there you yes. go. Good one, Craig. Um also pitching was Mark Miller and Matthew Vaughan. Oh really? At this time. And they actually pitched an idea of Superman being an eight hour trilogy. Oh yeah. And it would be filmed like Lord of the Rings, back to back, in oh one giant God. Hit, and they would release it on the same day each year for three years. Wow. And the um, the trilogy would follow the entire life of Superman from these early days in Krypton all the way through to where he loses his powers because the sun goes supernova. And that was how it would finish. Oh, wow. That's weird. Pure Mark Miller, though. Yeah. Mark Miller... He's, he's he's not the most original thinker, but he loves to shift the um, the ingredients yeah, on the table. Yeah, he sure does. And I do he? love that about him. I love that about him. He's like, once if Superman did this, yeah, you yeah. know, and that turns into I forget what that character is that he created. Was it the Red Sun one? Did he do no, Red no. Sun? Yeah, he did Red Sun as yeah, well. Yeah. yeah, but he also he created a character where the Superman type character turns evil. Really? Yeah, yeah, and it's up to um, the rest of the uh, Justice League type group. Interesting. To stop him, like this oh, guy is wow. like all powerful and just destroys and starts destroying people. He used to be good and destroyed, and then um, yeah, wow. that's what he does. Like he he created that um, Bonds if Batman was actually more like the Joker. Like yeah, he created wow. a, an actual character, and the character is like Batman, but all white. Oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. Once again, I don't know the name. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, he loves to take those things and just do a, throw a twist on them like so he did with one. Craig, in all this, Superman and Warner Brothers are having this insane journey as well, which is 
the Jerry Seigel estate yes. sued Warner Brothers mm-hmm. about the rights of Superman. Yeah. And this became really massive. And it wasn't until 2009 that um, it got sorted in court. Yeah. And essentially, um, Warner Brothers were told that they had until 2011 to begin production on a new Superman film. Yeah. Otherwise, they could be sued for lost revenue by the Seigel estate. Yeah. Makes sense. So, when we're thinking about Man of Steel, it's really important to keep in mind that this film had a ticking clock on it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this wasn't a thing like um, Snyder couldn't come in and be like, I want to be part of this. Give me a couple years to really get it sorted out. You know, all these complaints about Marvel versus DC and DC's shared universe that didn't work. Yeah. Here's your reason why. It's because they were on the back foot from the get-go. Oh, yeah, incredible. As opposed to just going, all right, we want to do this shared universe. People say it's to catch up with Marvel, which have played a part in it. Oh, and it does play a part in it. You can't help it. They had to get this film rolling. Yeah. Or risk costing them millions and millions and millions of dollars. Or create a character because part of the the rights drama. Yeah. Tell us, Craig. What is the rights drama all about? No, the rights drama all about was, and correct me, obviously, correct me if I'm wrong out there, guys, because it's been a while since I've read about the rights yep. drama. But um, pretty much... Um, obviously, yeah, they created, they owned the rights to Superman, but they didn't own the add-ons to Superman. Yes. So your add-ons being Krypton. Yep. The fact that Superman flies. Yeah. Remember, it was only Superman could jump really high, leap over a tall building in a single bound. Yeah. He was wasn't actually flying. <laughs> um, a cape. Um, Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. Uh, and and all these other little bits, which which are now Superman lore, it's pretty much like um, the Bob Kane Bill Finger thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like um, and Bill Finger coming in and obviously adding all these other um, things, which you and know as Batman today, building it's, the universe. Exactly, exactly what um, Schuster and Siegel did at that yep. time. Yeah, so they had to get this going. Otherwise, yeah. I remember Craig or and I had to revert back to just to just a dude jumping. Yeah, and Craig and I talked okay. about this, and we were like, "They got to get a move on because what's going to happen if Superman can't fly?" Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's madness, and the poor guys. But once again, and one of the hardest, and like you said, it's one of the hardest things that you get ever go. It's one of the. It's the most iconic. It is the most iconic superhero. Yep, in the world. Batman being a close second. Yeah. Um, and that's me, a Marvel fan, obviously saying, like, because I'm a full Marvel fan with a Batman, with a Superman tattoo. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, these things just, you know, they don't have that, they have almighty pressure on them. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Um, so during this time, Craig, when the pitches are all happening, um, David S. Goya is writing uh, the Batman series with Christopher Nolan. So he wrote Batman Begins. He's working on um, The Dark Knight at yeah, the time. Yeah, he was on a roll at this time. He was. Boys. He was doing a lot of good stuff. Um, and so and he Kevin had... Kevin Smith was writing Monkeys with Laser Beams. Yeah. <laughs> was that around this time? Yeah, well, we'll get there in Oh, a bit. sorry. We'll get there in a <laughs> Did minute, I jump ahead? Sorry. Um, cool, okay. <laughs> so, but during this time, um, David Escoya talks to Christopher Nolan and says, hey, I heard the pitch in Superman. Um, I've got this idea. What do you think? To which Christopher Nolan uh, says, well, what if you did this, this, this? 
let's go pitch it together. So together, David Escoyer and Christopher Nolan, who is already on absolute winner for yeah. his films at yep. this point, um, go into Warner Brothers and pitch an idea. And you could imagine them just freaking out and going, yes, 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 take all yeah. of our money. <laughs> the money. And That's plus right. Christopher Nolan, no one ever, I don't think anyone's ever said no to him since Insomnia. No, well, no, and rightly so. Yeah, Memento exactly. is like a bonkers film, and Insomnia is a bonkers yeah, film. Yeah, exactly. And like, really, he's not made a dud. No. At no, all. No. Um, and so he's one of those rare sort of filmmakers. So uh, Warner Brothers were really keen in this pitching process to, to say that they wanted a shared universe. Yeah. Now in the sort of 2009s, we're post-Marvel. Yeah. Um, they wanted a shared universe, and... Um, and so they began seeking a director to kick this all off. Yep. Okay. And before, um, yeah, before they found Snyder, they made a very big approach for Guillermo del Toro to take the reins. <sighs> and he's still teasing. He's such a flirt, man. Yeah, he is, isn't he? He's a dirty, it's like dirty he flirt. dangles that carrot because he knows one day he's gonna let him have it. Oh, he's a dirty, dirty flirt. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's and still teasing the Justice League Dark, isn't oh, he? And I'd be 100% on board for that. Oh, man. John Constantine. Yeah. I yeah. watched bits from John Constantine today. Oh, did you? On Constantine. The yeah, Keanu Reeves. Reeves one. Yeah, I think so he does good. well. You so know, good. you know, obviously, I you know, read read the Vertigo comics. And, yep. You know, and, and the guy who plays it in the TV series played is pitch perfect. Is he? The comic. Oh, he looks perfect. like him. Pitch perfect. Nowhere near as dark because you can never get as dark as a comic book. But yep. yeah, man. I still love, uh, but I think the tone of it, like like Tom Cruise with Jack Reacher, nothing like the drawn character. Yeah, but they both convey the concept and soul of. I really of like Cruise's Reacher. Oh man, exactly, exact same soul. I haven't read Jack Reacher books, man. He has the exact same bravado and confidence yeah. that Jack Reacher does, and it's the same with Keanu in Constantine. Oh, I love Keanu and Constantine. Oh, same. Craig, uh, everyone at home, Craig uses his DVD copy as a coaster. Yeah, If I do. remember rightly. Mm. It's still going? Yeah, and it's an ongoing joke for Brooke and I, you know, because um, my mum's my, um, my husband comes in every time, picks it up and goes, oh, Constantine, what a great film. <laughs> every time. <laughs> and every time we, 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 Brooke and I do something where we just keep, you know, repeating ourselves, I go, oh, yeah. Constantine, what a great film. <laughs> I mean, that's our secret little thing where we're just repeating oh, ourselves. Thanks for letting us in on that secret, <laughs> that's a, that's a, I love it. A little bit of um, Brook Love Fest. Also approached uh, to take the reins for this shared universe and the Man of Steel film was Robert Zemeckis. Hey, so Bobby Z. Was Bobby it based in capture or was it just... Uh, no, no, legit. It was legit. Oh, wow. Live action. Wow. So, um, so there we go. A little throw in there. We've had a few little cross connections for yeah, season one have. and two. This is a pretty big one. Um, so then uh, from that, there started being some rumours around who Warner Brothers were chasing on top of it. These uh, Del Toro and Zemeckis were genuine. They yeah. offered it to them. Yeah. Uh, now then they came some rumours for Man of Steel on who was going to direct it. So rumoured at the time to have had meetings for this film was Ben Affleck to direct. <sighs> Man. Darren Aronofsky. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Duncan Jones. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. So he was probably fresh off Moon, which was quite successful. Yeah, yeah, um, man. He's quite successful. I don't know if Darren Aronofsky could have done it. Aronofsky's got the wrong tone. I yeah, think Aronofsky exactly. for a Batman. Yeah. Booyah. Yep. Uh, for a Superman. 
not so much. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Liebsman, he did Battle Los Angeles, was getting a bit, oh, yeah, a bit was, hot around again, that time. Yeah, I think yep. he went on to do, maybe he did the sequel to like um, uh, Clash of the Titans or oh something God. like that. Did they just get everyone? Joseph Kwiatkowski, did they ask him as well? No, at the time? no, no, but interesting. I he watched does the pop up in the other day. Well, it was released this year, Craig. Oh, awesome. Um, <laughs> Matt Reeves was offered. So oh, he was really? pretty hot off Cloverfield um, at this time. That would have been interesting. And you know, we've got enough shaky cam in Man of Steel anyway. There is a lot of shaky cam. <laughs> and this was a really interesting one. Tony Scott. Tony Scott. Wow, you would have just had subtitles, weird editing. Colour grading is pretty like Pretty on board with what Snyder did. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a lot of big names being considered for this. Cool. Um, and some real up and coming. So in 2010, Zack Snyder was hired and casting began. Look, let me just say right now, off the offset, yep. I would have made the exact same mistake if this, like, look, if we consider this a mistake. Yeah. I would have made the exact same Hiring Snyder the mistake? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know if it, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's a considered a mistake. Um, I think that's too much for me. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I would have made the exact same decision. As Warner Brothers exec. Man, we'll get there later, the parallels from some of his past films. But like, no, uh, but, like but you know what I mean? Like, Zack Snyder. He's he's hot. Remember, like, how, remember, how, remember how pumped I was with this whole yeah. cast and crew? Yeah. Came together with, like, it's like and they chose my favourite actors. Can we say, Craig, an incredible cast? Oh, incredible. And... Let's just say they all did incredibly. Yes. You know what I mean? Like there's <laughs> not a there's not a poor person no, amongst not this at whole film. It's amongst seriously. this whole film. Yep. That's what I makes agree. this film just so incredibly paradoxical in my mind. Well uh, But I'm let's really, keep going. We'll keep going. We're we're getting there. Um so you want to hear a couple of people who were rumored to play Superman before Henry Cavill was hired? Nicholas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a that whole other kettle of fish. Hey. That is a whole. I, I haven't seen that. Um, no, actually, yet. next week we've got a special guest on, and I remember he was part of the crowd crowdfunding for that documentary. So oh, he'll have he? a great knowledge of Nicholas Cage. Awesome. Oh, well, yeah, we'll have to go. He'll have to go into that. Um, too. Looking forward to having you, Andy. Um, yeah. So rumored were Henry Cavill was sort of listed as a fan favorite. Yeah, because he was doing tutors at the time. Yeah, yeah. and. Um, and so, rumoured were John Hamp. John Hamp. I remember when they, they thought John Hamp because it was around about this time um, they released a book um, called... I've got it at home. It's um, it's it's Superman. It's a, yeah. And it's based in... Uh, it's a novelisation of a Superman origin based in 1930s. Oh, wow. Like a noir style. Yeah. Uh, it's awesome. It's like it's original Silver Age. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, wow. So... Um, and that's awesome, you know. He grows up, you know. He's in the dust bowl at the time, you know, all the depression and yep. coming in. And that's where Superman starts coming in. And I remember John Hamm. A lot of people saying he would have been perfect for that. Wow, that would have been cool. Um, he's definitely got the jawline. Oh yeah, incredibly, and the look. It yeah. you know, he wouldn't have had a big step from that. Yeah, and I guess there was at the time Affleck had done Hollywoodland. Yeah, where he played George Reeves. That's right. Um, as Superman. And and so I think the jump from that sort of Superman to like an Affleck Superman yeah. to John Hamm being Superman wasn't hard. No, no, not at all. Um, also rumoured was Joseph Gordon-Levitt. 
Really? Yeah, he would have been a scrawny little Superman, yeah, man. that's for sure. But people bulk up quick, man. That's Cheryl true. Levy is huge. That's true. Well, uh, Zach Levi was Zach Levi. rumored as... Um, He's a director. Anyway. Sean Levy is a director. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> Zach Levi. Sorry, Zach. Zach Levi was rumored for it. Really? Yeah. Mm. Um, He's perfect as Shazam. Jake Gyllenhaal. Jakey boy, hey? Yeah. I think they just like to throw his name into, you know... He anything. gets thrown around to anything. Yeah, it's like exactly. fan casting. Yeah, he's like the Terry Gilliam of actors. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Sitting and then he'll home. pop up in his own movie once in a while. Yeah, that uh, Velvet Buzzsaw. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. Seen. I've watched the first ten minutes. It's wild, crazy. Oh man, I think it would be. It like, is I watched, wild. and I wanted to watch the rest, but I think my son came in the room. Um, and Matt Bomer. Matt Bomer was heaps good. He actually played Superman in a commercial. Really? Yeah, so a Japanese commercial. I've he's got the look. And he, he looks perfect. Yeah. He looks perfect. He definitely like he, has the look. And he's a damn good actor too. He is. He's he very is. charming, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, man. Heaps good actor. He's um he's really good in Magic Mike. Is he? Yeah, really good. Man. Both films. Man, he, he would have been good. He would have yeah. been good. Um, the, uh, he wouldn't have been as good as Cavill. No. But he would have been good. But we wouldn't have known, I guess. No, not at all. Not at all. Now, some other casting rumours that I thought I'd share before we really get deep into the film. Did you? For Lois Lane, uh, Amy Adams was rumoured very early on. <sighs> also rumoured was Olivia Wilde. Olivia Wilde? Nah. nah. She has a coldness about her. Yeah, I think it's the eyes. It's, it is the eyes. It is. Yeah, yeah it's, it is the eyes. She has a coldness almost... No... Uh, I wouldn't say sarcastic tone because Lois Lane needs that sarcastic tone. That's mm-hmm. she's built on that. Nah, yeah, just too cold. And Mila Kunis. Uh, it's sort of. It's a. It's. I a don't sh- know. It's one of those ones where I'd have. Yeah, I. I, I think she know. could do well. I but it thi- would have been quite a leap for her to have been hired at this stage. I think she'd be a good Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't be a good Snyder Lois Lane. No. Like, and that's one of the things we'll talk about later. Can I ask a random question? Yeah. This is confusing because I don't have the knowledge of Superman that you do. Mm-hmm. But my sister used to love Smallville, the TV show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, to be honest, it's one of the f- shows I just never got into. And Well, she had every season on DVD. Yeah. And she used to love it. And what really confused me was Lana in the show. Lana Lang, yep. Is her surname Lane? Lang. Or Lang. Lang. Oh, that's confusing as heck. Yeah, what no, are you Lang. thinking, Seigel? No, 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 no. Lang. Yeah, Lana Lang. And it was his first love. Oh, see, because like, there's that moment in the film in the bus where it's very clear that that's yeah. Lana L- Lang. But yeah. all this time, I've thought her surname was Lane. So I'm like, just pick, like, you know, are they related? <laughs> no. How does it work? And, they, so, and they make reference to the Lang family in the... Yeah, oh, interesting. Well, I think Mila Kunis would have been a great Lana Lang. I think she would have. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah, I think that's yeah, that's a beautiful, that's a be- perfect casting on that one. Yeah. Um, because, um, I love if one of the things, if if not anything, and once again we'll go into it later. I love what Snyder did with Lois Lane in this film. Yeah, it's interesting. And in all films, man. Um, once again, and we'll get there. We'll we'll go there now, but. Snyder and his portrayal of women in this film mm. it's so darn good like yeah. they're so strong and they're they're driven even like um I'm not going to be able to say her name right I wrote it down um Feora Ul Feora um, Ul yes. um you know like she was like as big a star as Zod in this film oh she's awesome yeah she, she's a good actress too yeah. she was out of that Ben Foster movie 
um, with Dennis Quaid. Remember on the... Oh, gosh. They Quaid. wake up on the ship. Oh, gosh. Yes? Uh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Remember they wake up on the ship and... Um, yeah, I can't remember the move for the live me. I keep You'll thinking, shout it out in about half yeah, an hour. I keep thinking equilibrium, but it's not, obviously. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Can, can I tell you a crazy bit of yeah, casting yeah, yeah. for the Feora U? So, the role was actually offered to Gal Gadot. Oh, really? But she had to turn it down because she fell pregnant. Oh, wow. Isn't and so then, so then later on, she became Wonder Woman. Gal Gadot is one of the most beautiful women Oh, isn't ever, she? Ever, ever alive. And I say that with not the slightest ounce of sexual fervor. No. I just say that in just, like Grace Kelly, if you ever oh, seen she's they've just features are just. You know how they talk about like. Designed beauty, by God. Beauty is found in symmetry. Yeah. And like she's just like she really is. She's just gorgeous. Oh, I know exactly, and um, I don't mean that, and and I don't wouldn't mean that well, as in I any wouldn't form say the word gorgeous as an insult it, to any yeah. you know my wife or anything like that. No, no, just we're not. Just some people you just gotta say, look, she's fucking beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean? she is. You're just beautiful, and I really look forward to the next episode where we can talk Gal Gadot as mm. Wonder Woman. Because I think there are some things that, you know, there's some and valid themes. points. And the, yeah. yeah, her musical thing. Yeah. Yeah, I want to talk yeah. about that next one. Oh, that is wild, that one, oh, isn't man, it? Oh, man, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Um, so, one other bit of casting that was really close to being done that we'll, I think you would have loved is the role of Zod. Now, Michael Zod. Shannon is amazing. At He's this. great, Zod. Okay. And Michael Shannon, let's be straight, is just an amazing actor. Yeah. If exactly. ever you've watched Boardwalk Empire... Mm. He is just oh, he's just all around. Um, but do you know who they really wanted to play Zod? Who? Vigo Mortensen. Wow. Yeah. Let that sit with you for a moment, Craig. Wow, that sits incredibly well. <laughs> as wow. soon as I read that, I was like, "Oh gosh, that's one of those pieces of casting that you're like almost like the Jude Law Ozymandias that yeah, in exactly. the Watchmen episode that you're like, oh, but almost <laughs> actually." Michael Shannon is just perfect. I think that though, would be he? would go against the film because he almost overshadows Superman. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I love Michael Shannon in this film. Just once again, everyone's just playing brilliantly. Yeah, but yeah, Mortensen would have just overshadowed everyone. I think Mortensen also has a different sort of intensity to Shannon, and he has a, and he has that superstar glow. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? You know what I mean? He? Like, he, he has does. that superstar glow where you wouldn't actually know whether to cheer for Cavill or Mortensen. Especially Mortensen, whatever uh, with his past as Aragon. Yeah, man. You know, like, oh, yeah. It's almost like that that moment when we did the What Lies Beneath episode in Robert Zemeckis' exactly. thing. And we were like, Harrison Ford's the bad guy? Like, it's yeah. almost like, you can't make Aragorn the bad guy. He does not simply make Aragorn <laughs> the bad guy. <laughs> so, it's like, you just couldn't go there. Yeah. So, Craig, that's pretty much the journey now. The film goes into production. Yeah. Um, they begin filming in August 2011. They film all the way through to February 2012. So, it's, oh, a, cool. it's a decent shoot. Lots of post-production, yeah. as you could imagine. Yeah. Pretty wild. Um, sort of fast-forwarding now, after mm-hmm. the film's been released, all that sort of jazz. Um. And a sequel's been rumoured constantly, oh, like a direct yes. Man of Steel yeah. sequel. Uh, in 2017, Amy Adams was um, doing some promotional stuff for Arrival. Yep. And she mentioned that a script was being worked on. 
Yeah. Um, and so the rumour was that Matthew Vaughan would come on board to direct it. Yes, yes. I and again, that. he's very um, elusive in he'll get named for a project and it's almost like just hearing his name makes him run the other direction. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's like... Aah! So, yeah. So um, that never happened. But the name that then started popping up last year in 2018 um, was that Christopher Macquarie might come on board as a director for Man of Steel. Now, he's worked last year on a little film called Mission Impossible. Yep. Um and Henry Cavill was awesome in that. Film. Yeah, well, I was watching, I watched an interview with Cavill on Fallout. Yeah. Um, and they obviously talked about the sequel. Yeah. Once again, he's like, oh, you know, I can't really say, I yeah. know, you know. Don't I don't really know where know. it's at. But he, yeah, but he, he he does talk about what he wants from the character. Oh, cool. Mm. Yeah. And it's very, very opposite to what it's already been done. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's, um, but, it, you know, you can see everyone involved is shifting. I reckon the role of Superman as well would be something like if someone came to you and just said, hey, Craig, we think you're perfect for Superman. You'd be like, heck yeah, where do I sign? Yeah, you yeah. Know? But then as you play the role twice, three times, suddenly your mind and knowledge of the character expands to such a way that you could go into, say, Man of Steel. Yeah. And be like, this is awesome. I can't wait to do this. Yeah. And then years later, look back and go, oh, man, were we really doing what's true to the character? Yeah, you know, exactly. Or how much how much of the actor becomes the character? That's exactly mm. right. So I think yeah, it's interesting in hindsight with Henry Cavill talking about a direction of, say, yeah, a exactly. franchise. Um, so, Craig, you want to hear what was released in 2013? Yes, do. do, do 2013 do. is a really good year. Um, there's quite a mixture a lot of years we look back and we're like wow wasn't that a franchise year wow wasn't that a blockbuster year or a or a animated year or something like that um it's got a little nice mix so the number one film for 2013 was disney's frozen Uh, oh really yeah well 1.2 that actually did anything good (laughs) disney had a great year this year uh (laughs) 1.2 billion dollars every year man i know um (laughs) it just broke the two billion mark end game i know wild in 11 days 11 days that's crazy town i think the next closest was avatar in 45 days Mm. uh so it's just insane um the number two film was iron man 3 um so a bit lower than Frozen, still in the 1.2 billions. But, yeah, and um, not many people like that. I like I, I like Iron Man 3. I love Iron Man 3. I reckon Man. it's uh, probably the... Uh, and the little kid, kid at the funeral. Yep, he's going to be future. Phase yep. 4, he's coming. Phase 4 Phase 4. Um, Despicable Me 2. I was love at number Despicable three. Me 2. Um, the Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug was at number 4. Hated it. Um, now, that's too much CGI. I is think that part two? Part one Desolation two? is two. Yeah. Uh two is probably my favourite out of the films. Yeah. It's not the it's not the best as we basically just some things were just too much, man. Yeah. He should he had that practical sense to them. Yeah, needed it. Uh number five was Hunger Games Catching Fire. Which um, that? I'm not Second sure because I haven't watched all the Hunger Games films. I just sort of um Sort I of can't remember. Oh, yeah, I think part the third one is split into two, two pieces. Yeah. So, so it must be the second one. Yeah. Yeah. I feel yeah, like I right. might have seen it once or twice. Um, it, number six was Fast and the Furious 6. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, Sorry, man. I just don't go, I can't get into it. 
Number seven was Monsters University. Ah, oh, what a brilliant... I can't it, go back to jail. It's <laughs> yeah, so good, isn't <laughs> such it? A good, <laughs> such um, a good show. Uh, number eight was Alfonso Cuaron's Gravity. Ah, such man. a great film. And that sweat. Yeah. Sweat the Oscars, man. Such a, such a darling that I year. I know, it was an it? Oscar darling, wasn't it? Uh, number nine for 2013 was Man of Steel. Ah. Um, and number 10 was Thor Dark World. Which a lot of people are just not a big fan of. I quite enjoy it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Kat Dent was one of the standouts. She, she's good in it. Mew, mew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I've also always had a thing for Natalie Portman as well. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. So it was nice to see her there. So some other films that were released. Um, I put this on because when we talked Dawn of the Dead, we had the question of what our favourite zombie films were. Yeah. And I was, I don't know if it's the same for you, but whenever I get put on the spot with like films, I sort of go, uh, 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 yeah. and then I don't have enough time to sort of go, ah. But Warm Bodies was released, and it's one of my favourite zombie films. You know what? I've watched half of it. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. Don't know why I never go back to it. Oh, Craig, it, it gets better and better. Like he's got her in the plane, as I know her. Oh, wow. Cause it so all she's been in a plane there. for years now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's been in a plane for years in my world. It, yeah, <laughs> it all shifts from there okay. in, in such an awesome way. Oh, cool. Um, you got to see Yeah, it. his heart's starting to beat a little bit. Yeah, more. yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so good. Uh, Sam Raimi's Oz the Great and Powerful was released. Oh, I haven't seen it. Oh, really? No, no I haven't it's, seen it. It's in James Franco. Th- Throws me off a bit, hey. Yeah, I do know. I he do remember a few combos where you just like, and then he just got up. proven it by his Twitter, Twitter. Oh, like and that was creepy, wasn't it? Like a sixteen-year-old girl. Listen, he's probably quite fortunate it happened at that time because oh, yeah, nowadays he would be burnt. Yeah, to a crisp. he wouldn't be working. It'd be James who. <laughs> Not an Asian actor. <laughs> That's <laughs> just a reference. That's James Wu. James um, Wu. <laughs> <laughs> also released was Joseph Kaczynski's Oblivion. Loved it. Seriously, so I watched good, it the other day. It? I watched it. And the world building in that movie is fantastic. Oh, man. man. Like watching the way, the amount yep. of technology, how it works. Yeah. Oh, seriously, so underrated. I he's, could just go on all day about that. He's a director that his films don't perform, but on rewatch value, they get better and better. Yeah. And he's got something huge in him. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's got, got something, something huge. huge in him. Can't wait. Maybe he needs a brand. He does. He definitely does. Like, uh, he needs maybe a, a Star Wars spin-off. Ooh, that would be gorgeous. Or I was thinking I'd, I'd love to see him do his spin on the Terminator world. That would be good. But I'm just getting a bit tired of the Terminator world. Well, see, I think... Do you know what it is? I'm going to watch the next one, obviously. Oh, yes. Look, as will I. I'll watch every one. As will I. But... People expect a Terminator film like Terminator 2. They want to see Terminator 2 all the time. Yeah. But when you think of Alien versus Aliens, yeah. um, the world expanded. You know what? That would be a good one. Aliens. Alien. Oh. I think Alien would be a better one. Oh. But I really but, but, want... But stripping it back? Yes. Again? Yes. And um, imagine the world building he could do with that. Wow. Yeah, well... Here's one for you, Craig. Star Trek. Ooh, yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely. Definitely, yeah. And, little segue, Star Trek in the Darkness was released in 2013. I like that movie. Uh, so did I. Mm. Um, the Calma Batch was everywhere. Yeah, that exactly. Um, Better coming bitch. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> was that his name? What a horrible... <laughs> oh, 
That that is just appalling. Uh, sorry, cabbage patch. <laughs> uh, uh, the Hangover Three was released. Cool. Never seen it. Lots of fun. Uh, that's a that's Love someone, their posters. Someone. T- oh man. Uh, uh, that drove me nuts, actually, that film, because oh. it had a poster for the chicken. Everything. Um, but Hangover 3 was really cool because it took the characters that you loved and gave them a new spin. So it's actually a heist film as opposed to no, is it? the previous ones, which are just like going wild. So Waking it, up next day. It man. was almost like if The Hangover were in an Oceans film. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's cool. It's that's worth cool. a watch. And so it threw people a little bit, but I actually think it shows how Todd Phillips has grown as a director. He's a good director, man. He is a good director. Yeah. Um, also released, Now You See Me. Yeah. The Magician's film. I know. It's I, a guilty pleasure of mine. I, I love know, those films. But Eisenberg, I think even just, yeah, it pisses me off a little. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if why. If he's not in Zombieland. Oh, you know why? Because I think he's killed Michael Sarah's career. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Michael Sarah. Oh, Michael Sarah. He Sarah. was cute. He's beautiful. Uh, well, uh, well, not not uh, well, Tim. What's uh, the one where he plays the Scott Pilgrim? No, no, yeah, oh yeah, obviously Scott Pilgrim. But remember, he he plays himself. Oh, um, in, um, yep, I know exactly. Yeah, with Seth Rogen and all that. Yep. Oh, that's so. Funny. Yeah, world's end. No, world's end. End of the world. End of the world. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's, yeah. He's so funny. He man. is and so he funny, <laughs> especially when he's just like he's just like because everyone says he's going to tap that out. <laughs> Everyone thinks he's such a sweetheart. Yeah. And so for him to play like the opposite oh, of that so awesome. was so good. No, Actually, I and he's played one. some good roles, man. He's played yeah. some good roles. I watched that movie where he plays um, like he has like split personality. Is that Youth in Revolt? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So he funny. is good, isn't he's he? He's good. He's, he's good. really good. Um, Juno is great in this oh, movie. Oh, yeah, it is. Um, also released was World War Z. Yep. So That's all I can say. Book is amazing. Please, right people, here next can you just go read the read book? book. Read the book. Phenomenal. Man. Read the book. Um, Join the band. Pacific Rim. Ah, loved it. Same. Loved it, man. Same. I've got I even watched watch the sequel. I haven't watched the sequel yet. I've got it. It's just sitting there waiting for me Worst to watch. Worst Australian accent in the history of Australian accents. Oh, the striker guy or? The, both of them, yeah. No, yeah, yeah the two. The, the yeah, terrible. son. Yeah. Horrible Australian accents, man. Oi, Dad, I got to do this. Oh, I don't know. Just ignore him. And he just <laughs> what are you trying to say, man? Just call Robert Downey Jr. He does a good one. He does. He does now. Mm. Um, he had to work on it. Oh yeah, yeah. In um, freaking what's that? Um, Natural Born Killers. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah, appalling. But um, it's hard to do. Also released a personal favorite of Jeff Reed's, The Lone Ranger. Oh, I remember you were so pumped, and I watched that with you. I was, and I was so conflicted. I loved it. I think I, I even may have it. lied to you and said, yeah, it's good. I hate it. <laughs> you know how I feel about I know you do, man. Oh, look, and I love her as an um, actress. She's yep. an awesome actress. Yep, and I is. love, and and I'm so scared. Um, I love Arnie Hammer. Yeah. And I just think, you know, there are those actors who you just go, oh, man, a couple of bad, you know, they've made a couple of bad moves. Did that he, hurt things. He's one of them. Yeah, you know, he's one yeah of them. I agree. Um Tell you what he'd be good Ta- Yeah. I'd love to see him in if they did a legit... Aronofsky's popped up a bit lately this yeah. season. In, in the, and there was that time where Aronofsky was going to make a Robocop movie. Oh, yeah. Army Hammer. Yeah. As Robocop. Oh, good lord. Oh, man. Oh, look, I think Army Hammer is one of those actors who can do most things. Yeah. And Very I want him to do something. You know, like, I think there's... 
Yeah, like you could you could even reboot the Batman with him in it. Yeah, hundred. Like I know he was attached when it was early. So, yeah, but I think he's aged enough now where you could actually get him a bit. Here's one for you. Mm. Could you imagine him as Charlie Bird Parker in Every Dead Thing? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Oh. I, 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 that's what I'm saying. He's one of the actors that I, Directed I have by Fincher. faith. You know what I mean? Yes. Just one of those people I'm like, oh, I don't know if I could see it, but it's Army Hammer, so let's give it a bell. You know what I mean? 100%, yeah. Craig. 100%. So that's 2013 in a nutshell. Now, Man of Steel had a budget of $225 million. Wow. So this is by far um, Snyder's most expensive film to exactly. make. No, probably double the the highest budget yeah. he's had before, and it took six hundred and sixty eight million dollars. That's good. So like if you, you know you what well, you meant to double it by yeah, double what you spend in in filming yeah for marketing. So, yeah, so he's made a couple amount, hundred man. mil yeah um in profit, but the studio probably made some good money off merchandising as well. Oh in there. yeah, exactly. Um, so I think all in all, Man of Steel was a success. It is. Yeah. So that's uh. That's 2013 for us, Craig. Yay! So, listen, um, before we go any further, I don't think there'd be many people out there who didn't know what Superman was about. No. You'd be pretty hard-pressed. But I was surprised today Kathy Lee hadn't seen Man of Steel. Oh. She'd watched Batman versus Superman and Justice League, but not seen Man of Steel. Oh. And so, just in case there are people out there who have no idea what Man of Steel, the film, is about. Yeah. Let's just hear about it. Never one to do things the typical way, Zack Snyder brings his own vision of Superman with Man of Steel. While searching for answers as to who he really is, Clark Kent alerts the last surviving Kryptonians of his location. As a result, Zod and his soldiers invade Earth, and to protect mankind, Superman is born. It may be another origin story, but it's got stacks of heart, and Craig, it's got Kevin Costner. Let's talk about Man of Steel. So, Craig, um, how long's it been since you'd seen this film? In its uh, entirety. Oh, entirety. Because I know you love looking at clips or watching <laughs> the ending. From start to finish, it's been a while. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's been a while. What's, a, what's a while? Uh, two years? Yeah, okay. Are you all right? Yeah. Um, Clips-wise, I probably average a clip every couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's such a weird film for me, man. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> um, for me, I I was surprised how often I'd watch this film. Mm. So pretty much since it was released, I watch it every like eighteen months. Yeah. Um, and again, watching it today, I was like, I know why I watch it every eighteen months. Um, but it, it's probably one of my most watched films. Like it's up there with one yeah. of my most watched films, um, which surprised me because I didn't expect it to be, be <laughs> like that, you know. Um, so the last time I'd watched it was probably about eighteen months ago, um, and yeah, I'd I'd bought it on in three D, so I'd watched it as a three D film. One to watch 3D. It is. I watched it, it in four K, and it's. Just oh, did you? <sighs> looks good. Yeah. Oh, damn! Looks better. Really. I, I, you know, um, obviously we'll go into it a bit later. My memories of Batman vs Superman was it was a muddy film. Yes, not in four K. Yeah, wow, it is fantastic. But yeah, so Craig. good. Well, Craig, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's get there. Let's get. <laughs> let's crack so, Let me get my notes. Craig's <laughs> getting his notes ready, people. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Craig has not made notes all season. We are six <laughs> films in. <laughs> I barely know what freaking <laughs> film we're talking about. But this one, I know. 
<laughs> well, I'm very excited to hear what you got for us, Craig. So, listen, have you got anything you want to kick us off with? Is there a direction you want to go? No, here? no, man. I'll just play it on. These are more just the remember stuff that I've that I've actually said. You know, we've already got enough. Cool. All yeah, right. Cool. So let's keep it natural. Yeah, let's keep it natural. Keep it let's natural, keep it natural. Man. Let's keep just natural. say from the get go, this is an amazing cast. Yeah, it's yeah. It's seriously, I remember, and I keep going back to it, but every time they used to um, they'd bring someone in for the cast, yeah, I would run over to Jeff and go, did <laughs> you, you read that? Yeah. Oh, my God, did you read that, Jeff? Oh, sorry, we were just over, you were just over the pod. You popped your head up go, like a little meerkat. Did you just read that? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> or you get a little Kevin oh, Kevin the day they announced Kevin Costner, I swear Craig needed a couple of days off work to recover. Kevin Costner, man, one of my favorite all time actors of all time, he ever all time. <laughs> 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 and he was so darn good in this. The guy just he? bleeds charisma. Oh, uh, like there was a moment where he's 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 having that moment. You know when the bullies, yeah, sort of um, are picking on him. Firstly. The bullies had university sweaters on. I know. They're bad. They're, 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 they're varsity down, jackets. Yeah, the varsity jackets. I looked down at the kid. I was like, there is no way you're at university, brother. It yeah. doesn't sound like your voice is broken. No, no. Um, unless he's super smart. He was reading a Play-Doh Oh, book. yeah, yeah. Exactly. So he could be at university as like a 15-year-old. But, yeah, that moment where Kevin Costner asks him, are you hurt? Mm. It's like, you know, I can't get hurt. Yeah. It's like... I'm not asking about that. Yeah, exactly. Are you okay? And it, that 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 moment where he's like, you know, um, I think it's in that that scene where he's he talks about the decisions you make now influence the man yeah. that you're going to become later. I turned to Kathy Lee and I was like, I want to be that dad. Oh man, seriously. And there's so much of it where we're basically um, let's delve into that character. Yeah. That's on my notes. Okay, good. Okay, Parkin. I was I okay. was just channeling that. <laughs> We're getting it. We're getting it. Park Kent. Let's Jonathan, go there. Jonathan Kent. Yep. Pretty much. Um, Kevin, uh, Kevin Costner is the perfect Jonathan Kent. Yes. The writing isn't. Okay. Okay. Um, while there are parts which is amazing. Yes. And Costner has that ability to, and I'm so Costner bias yeah. that he can say, Craig, you're a fuckhead. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, that's right, I am. <laughs> Which is true, okay? But, you know, I don't like it being said to my face. No. Uh, no. And, um, but Just post it on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, exactly. People. But he says stuff in the film, you know, like obviously about those kids yeah. on the bus. You know? Yeah, and that's, yeah. And that is one of the major issues, and a lot of people bring that up, you know. You, you could have let those kids on a bus die, so on and so forth. And, and this is one of the issues I originally had. Yep. Okay, those um, of the time when I first watched it. Um, and look, and like I said, I, I'm trying to approach this film in a very different light. Yeah. Um, whereas I should have, I, I don't want to approach it like a diehard Superman fan. Yeah. Um, and is that hard watching this film as a, yeah, a massive, yeah, exactly. It is. It's incredibly hard. Um, because I have, um, and I know, and there's Snyder saying where he goes, I read comics. This is canon, um, you know, sup- I know what Superman does and everything. Yeah, I yeah. That's bullshit, Snyder. <laughs> bullshit. You obviously haven't read enough comics. Um, but back to back to that point is um, the best way I look at this film and the way I get the most enjoyment out of this film yeah. is the same reason you see comic book universes, you read comics long enough, they always reboot them. Yep. 
this is just someone else's version of Superman. Yeah, that's it's, great. It's not my version. Yeah. But watching this is Snyder's true Snyder's version. And I enjoy watching Snyder's version. Yes. I enjoy watching Snyder's version of Superman. Yes. I enjoy watching all um oh, watching I love how it, it does Craig. it. It's not my Superman. Yes. It's not it's not the one that um and I'm sort of disappointed that this generation sees this Superman, Snyder Superman, as the Superman of their generation. Yeah, okay. That's one of my big disappointments yep. with, the, um, with the Superman character arc yep, as a yep. whole. But, yeah, it's just not my Superman. And I I've guess in a way... But same with Kent, Jonathan Kent. Yeah, okay. okay. So, um, so you've got a problem with the fact that he says that Clark shouldn't have helped those nah, kids on the bus? Man, Jonathan Kent's a total different character. So one of the... And this is goes into the fable, the mythology of Superman. Yep. Now, it's... You gotta bear in mind that Superman at his essence yeah. is a good man. So he's yeah. a super man. Not super alien or super being. Yeah, he's yeah. a super man. What makes Superman great is the fact that he can destroy the world yeah. but chooses to help it. Yeah, okay. You know, that's why it's such a it's such a um that's why there's such a messianistic Yes. You know what I mean? And and that's yes. why the that's why the and you could you can put that to Superman. The yeah. reason that links, you know, between Jesus and um or or the Messiah and Superman is because they are. They're inherently they they're based off each other, yes. you know what I mean? Um they're very similar. Um and so to see it done in the vein that it's done in, it's you know, yeah. it, it is. It it's hard for me to shut off that part of the brain. Jonathan Kent, going back to Jonathan Kent, Clark Kent is someone who's was raised right. Yes, he's the you know he's he's mum and he's a he's a pure apple American apple pie all boy scout yeah. Kansas boy who basically loves his parents and his parents love him yeah um there's no defining tragedy in Superman's life you know what I mean and and Park Kent the how Park Kent is written yeah um he he makes it written as if he 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 doesn't care about. Superman as a whole, in some parts, you know, like, oh, like he he wants to hide Superman back. Yeah, but here's where age has gotten to me a little bit. I, I, Park, I feel like I like where you're going. Park here, Kent holds him back because he's scared of how the world would treat his son. It's love that holds him back. Exactly, and when he says these things, it's not because he doesn't think his son should have saved that bus full of kids. No. He's just worried about his yes. son. You know what I mean? He just, he's just, and, and watching it this time, this is one of the big things I brought from this time is watching it this time, whilst I don't completely condone that whole sentence, yeah. I understand, 100%. I understand the point where he's coming from. Yeah. But I guess the most, and staying on Park Kent line here is the most infuriating thing about this character is how he dies. Yeah. Infuriating. But infuriating. is it, see, because, see, I don't have that, history with Superman like you do. Mm. So, to me, I can't remember Park Kent in any other version. Oh, no, Kevin no, Costner. no. It, and you don't unless you you read the comics. Like, he's not big in the movies, you know. He, he You know, in the older Superman, Chris yeah. one, he's that, j- that you know, that guy who doesn't talk much, you know, yeah. he has it and holds his hat low, that type of thing. Yeah. It's, it's more his mum, Martha Kent. Yeah, who, yeah. Who, who you remember more about. Yeah. Uh, but in the comic books, he he's the man who... Who and even um, he's the man who basically adds 
that stability to Superman. Yeah, okay. And he adds that sense of responsibility to Superman. Yeah. You know what I mean? That responsibility to um, his powers, you know what I mean? Yes. And responsibility to the humankind, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, instead of going, well, instead of where these, um, Park and he's almost dismissive of his responsibility with these powers. Yeah. Um, and then the death scene is even worse because, well, one, why would you let you just watch your dad die if you could? You know what I mean? Uh, and he's and I know he puts his hand up, don't save me. Yeah. You know, well, hey, look, we'll fight about it later. I'm going to save you. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm going to save you. Um, it's even better. In my mind, it's even better in the comic book. Papa Kent dies. Yeah, um, okay. In a couple of versions of the comic book. How he dies is his heart just stops. Yeah, He wow. has a heart attack. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's the one thing Superman can't control. Yeah, wow. Death. So how Superman finds out? Superman... The same reason he finds out where, you know, Lois Lane is all the time and so on and so on. Yeah. He, his ears are akin to heartbeats. Certain yeah, heartbeats. yeah. And he suddenly he just hears his dad's heartbeat stop. Wow. And flies back. Or feels, or I can't remember if it stops or if he actually feels it in pain. And then that's when he flies back, um, and, you know, to see his father. Yeah, yeah. And that's, and, you know, and that's tragic in itself, you know. Yeah. I and mean? that's tragic in itself because he's a man who can almost do everything in the whole entire world. He could save most Save people. a person from a tornado. Yeah. Can't save a person from inevitability. It's really interesting. Death. Can I, can yeah, I, yeah, can go, I go, give man. my go, view go. on this sort of yeah, thing? Yeah, definitely. So, um. Something that really took me by surprise of with Man of Steel and that I'd never picked up on was you talked about Superman as a messiah-like character. Yeah. You know, I was not prepared for how spiritual a film this is. Mm. Um, there is iconography all through it. You know, yeah. w- like the moment that Superman leaves Zod's spaceship. Yeah. And he arms her out, you know, after Russell Crowe sort of... And they've done it in Superman Returns too. Yeah. And, um, but... It's almost like um, there's so much love. For me, Parkent has so much love for his son. He's almost like the perfect father yeah. in the sense of everything comes from a place of love. He may not, um, he may make mistakes every now and then. Yeah, exactly. He does. Um, and probably saying you shouldn't have saved kids is one of those. But he is so loving and doesn't want his son to be hurt, as we are as parents. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. You know, that those first times, like, you probably know with Carter, like, the first time you let your kid ride a bike without training wheels. Yeah. And you watch him do the wobble and get like that. There's there's so much of you as a parent that wants to run out and hold the back of the seat. First time you see your kids playing with other kids and cu- and you see that one rough kid. Yeah, 100%. Coming towards your kid, you know what I mean? Yep, you're like, oh, gosh. Yeah, but you know there's a party that has to go, oh. you got to let it go. Deal with yeah, that's exactly it, you know right. I mean? But... I think Parkent through it all, the moment where he puts his hands up and says no, is that to him his love for Clark is so great that he would sacrifice himself to ensure oh, that he is safe. Without a doubt. And I think that keeps in line with a genuinely intentional um, spiritual theme in it, which then becomes even greater once we get into Batman vs Superman from memory. Um, where he becomes godlike, so no longer is he messiah-like; he's godlike in, yeah, in that, definitely. and it's a it's a definite arc. And so it's almost like you know he has to sacrifice himself in order to show how good Superman needs to be. Yeah, you know he's a, he's a, he's like the catalyst is not about 
it's not about you need to become Superman, so I'm going to die so you become Superman, mm. a superhero. So, But it's about he has to die in order to show Clark how selfless he needs to be to be the hero everyone's going to need from him later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just absolutely love that. Oh, look, and, 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 and that's what's so hard about the film. And that's why it's, I always, if I look at it through Snyder's, Snyder's Park Kent, yes. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. You know, I look at it through the mythology of um, Superman universe, I disagree with it. Yeah. See, this is where, it's, it, and it's weird where it plays plays that way in my mind. Yeah. I see where Snyder's going with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I One thing I don't like is, you know, it, not everything needs to be defined by tragedy. No. You know what I mean? No. Um, and that's one of the things that Superman's meant to be. He's meant to be um, super. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, and that's basically, and that's the point of it. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be defined by, um, you know, oh, my parents were killed or my yeah. father died like this in a tragedy. But yeah. I see it in the in the character arc now. Yes. Whereas um, I couldn't see it when I originally saw it. And yeah. I was more furious. But in Snyder's world, I see it and I understand it. Yeah. And I, and I respect it, man. And um, Costner's perfect to be that. Exactly. Because Costner just emotes by handing yeah. one hand up. He does. You know what I mean? He puts one hand up and, you know, you just go, oh. Oh, I can't gosh. say no to Kevin Costner. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And, it, and he plays the character so brilliantly. Like, one of the scenes that almost brings me to tears every time is where he goes, I don't want to be an I just, I just Can I just still be your son? He oh, goes, yes. You are my son. So you know what I mean? Cool. You are my son. What are yeah. you talking about? <laughs> yeah. And he says it in a way where he's almost crying. Yeah. It's like one of the most beautifully said sentences, you know, like it's beautifully acted because yeah. it's so, it's, it goes, you are my son. Yeah. And it just in that breaks little, your heart. He doesn't he, break, he flutters in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like he's trying to hold it in because yeah. he wants to You're be my the, son. the you father. Know I mean? Yeah, and yeah. he just, and he pulls him close. And it's one of those heartbreaking things yeah. ever. And I love that. And I love it forever. That, you know what I mean? So darn good, so, isn't That's it? what I'm saying. So many parts of this film is so damn brilliant. Can so we, brilliant. while we're talking great acting in in the film, mm-hmm. can we talk Russell Crowe? Oh, look, going straight on to the other dad. Yeah. Russell Crowe is amazing. He Russell Crowe is. is more like Park Kent than... Okay, so talking from a mythology sense, what you get from Russell Crowe is like Park Kent. Yeah, you don't get much from Jor-El in a comic book. Yeah. You do, You do like, obviously, um, he does a little bit of... Um, you know, the crystals are the same. You yep. know, let me tell you about the history of this. Yeah. But he's, he's very bait, scientific based. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he, cause that's what he is. He's a scientist. Um, you know, he was one of the lead scientists and that part from a culture that was very cold. Yes. And you, and, and they try to convey that most in this film, but unfortunately Russell Crowe comes across as all warmth. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he comes up beautifully, you know what I mean? Like, look at the man you've become. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> Even though it's a little bit unfair, you know, his wife's like, oh, we've got to send him off in his ship. And he's like, oh, he goes, we've got to make this sacrifice. Not telling her, you know, hey, I've put my I've put my consciousness into the ship. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, so Sucker, good. Sucker, I'm going with him. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> so good. But yeah, yeah. And he's just, but that's... Once again, that's the gravitas of an amazing actor. Russell Crowe is like, this is one of those films where I was just like, far out. Like, one day we're going to have to have a chat about losing Russell Crowe. And oh, no, that's going to break my heart. That's going to be 
tough. I know. He's man. so good. I know. He's so done. Hey, can we talk Krypton? Krypton, man. Start, yeah, because this is the well, opening of film over Krypton, there. Man. Um, what a world is built. Once again, one of one of the most amazing things that he does, Snyder, is visualization, and he oh. visually creates this world that is just. I just want to see more. Same. More. Heaps of people that consider it an issue. They think it goes really? too long. Yeah, man. I was no really, way. Like, just look like the, I've got a list of here of issues which I wanted to address, and yeah. this uh, as an issue is a non-issue to me, man. Krypton is amazing. Yes, like yes. every part of it, you just want to know rich. more. And, yeah, exactly. And what it does so well, um, it actually, I feel like there are genuine stakes for Superman. Yeah, as to why he wants to be. So, why would you be driven? If you had these powers, yeah, you know, and you grew up on Earth, like, what, aside from a great dad leading you yeah. through this, you know, I feel like Krypton and that whole sacrifice that his mother and father make yeah, just raise the stakes so much more than any other yeah, exactly. Superman film. Like, you know, that whole, oh, man, how did he end up on Earth sort of thing? You know, it's just glossed over quickly in each of the other iterations of yeah. Superman. Um, and I feel like this just, it just so, it really does. It, it builds such a mythology to him as a superhero mm. than other versions have done. And, and, and you see, and with the fact with Russell Crowe being a hero in himself. Yes. You know what I mean? Like like his character, Jor-El, is is also like well, obviously Russell Crowe, but Jor El is just a hero. Yeah, you know what I mean. You yeah. can see as what he does at the start of the movie just shows you know it's in the blood. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. And that's what's one of the most amazing things. You know, like um, when Marlon Brando when Marlon Brando did it, yeah, he was just the wise old man. You know, yeah, what I mean? yeah, in that white coat and a white hair and the most expensive cameo ever made. Yes, but um, yeah, but to see that all of that part, um, how Russell Crowe does it is brilliant and especially all of Krypton but also I love and this is what I loved about Krypton is I love how the characters are introduced but the characters are not you understand even the villains yeah you do that's what I love about Michael Shannon's character Zod Zod in previous iterations is just a guy bent on revenge yeah he's just a bad guy here he's just like he says at the end he goes you know my job is to preserve Krypton yes Goes, Again, that real I'm spiritual a soldier, edge to it. You know, I'm meant to. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and, and I'm a soldier. I'm just I'm trying it. to keep my people alive. Yeah. And look what you've done. And you know, at, um, you know, when at the end when he lifts up the dust, he goes, "Look what you've done to my yes. people." Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and that's you see that at the start. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. And the, I love the um, the cry when Russell Crowe is like has told him what he's done. On Krypton, and he's yeah. like, "You heretic!" Mm. Like, you know, to Michael, to Zod, you know, yeah. he does want to preserve to such a way that anything that's not what they've done over the last couple centuries is like, it's a heresy. Exactly. You know, like it's just you wouldn't ever do it. But and it's also cool is that hinted history between Zod and um. And I Jor-El. have to see an old friend. Yeah, yeah and things like that. And they're both, yeah, they they almost like they were really good friends. Yes. It would have been awesome to find out that, like, Zod was his uncle. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, like him, they were brothers. Somewhat related. Yeah, yeah, yeah they were part yeah. of the other uh, family of L. 
I um, love I love the the idea in that as well. I was thinking during watching it that if the roles were re- if the sides were reversed. Mm. So imagine we were watching a movie about Krypton and there was someone trying to undo everything that has become their life. Yeah. Suddenly Jor-El could be a villain in this. Oh, exactly, exactly. And that's what's brilliant about it. It's like um very much like watching Unforgiven. Yes. Um, Unforgiven is, yeah, that's that's where it's been switched. Yeah. But if you think of it from Gene Hackman's point of view, man, he should be the hero. 100%. Yeah, I know. 100%. <laughs> you know, William Money's not a bad, not a good guy. Yeah. But, um. Totally. Krypton. It's, yeah, Krypton is just, it's just bonkers. It's so And rich. Carla Guguino as the, um, as the voice that talks to Is him. she really? today oh, oh great I know. look at you dropping tidbit, a tidbit tidbit zing oh i, I know, love man. it I know. oh wow yeah well, isn't that cool i know that I is really cool it's really cool and it <laughs> makes so much sense we actually kathy lee and i were talking about um uh oh, the wife what's her name i can't remember anyways um jor-el's wife yeah um and looking at the actress they chose to play that it was really interesting because she was stunning. Like she is a gorgeous woman. Beautiful. With these features that normally Hollywood wouldn't pick. Yeah. But when well, you really break it down, she'd she's a warrior. You know, like yeah, exactly. She's like, and it's a whole. And you said they're a whole group of even scientists. They're warriors. They have yeah. a warrior. They have a warrior feel. She reminded me of almost like a female Spartan. Yeah. Exactly. You exactly. Know? <laughs> and um. And how beautiful is that scene when she dies? Oh. You know, she's just standing there and the, and the flames are coming. Oh, just going, man, Zach. Seriously. Can I, let's go there now, Craig, because we are segueing so well. Mm. This is by far Zack Snyder's most gorgeous film. Oh, it is. It is. It is stunning. Yeah. And you needed Sucker Punch to see this. 100%. 100%, Craig. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it? You need His whole filmography. Mm. Has been leading to this film. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. it really. This I'm gonna make a crazy claim here, but this is him at his best as a director. Oh yeah. I'm not talking about mythology or writing. No. This is Zack Snyder at the top of his of game. his visual game. Oh, of his golly. visual game by far, man. Seriously, by far. Yeah. And Look, the peak of the visuals, obviously, to me, is Superman flying. Yeah. First flying. Yes. Now, one of the things that you never really, like, you never saw it as much in the other films, um, other Superman films, was the joy of flight. Yes. You know what I mean? Because you can imagine, if we all got to fly, it'd be so fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. And to show how he does it and, you know, the little bricks lining up, you know? Yeah. Just like it did with, um, what's the... The sweet pea, yeah. You know, when she yes. landed in, you saw the things around, and when he flew, man, and visually he's just stunning. Oh. And I remember, and I was I quoted this before. One of the guys said it is um, that he aimed to film those scenes like there was a real person flying, and he had to film it. It's so good, isn't oh, it? Oh man, seriously, brilliant. He does so much, so many. Like even just seeing Superman's. First reveal, yes, and it opens up, and even that, and and making the cape all CGI, oh, you know, great. and I can see where people go. You know what? Let's do make the whole suit CGI. 
Greenland and stuff it up completely. Yeah. But um that cape, man. But that cape. Oh. It's like But it's it flows so too beautiful, you know, and, and that's what's oh, it's perfect. And though. that's what that's what upsets me, man. You can tell he has an understanding of what makes Superman so um He iconic. nails the iconography. Yeah, of exactly. It, it just he can't get the feel right to it. But I would pose to you with a deadline, mm-hmm. you know, is this David S. Goya being your bugaboo? Or is it who wrote the film? Yeah. Or is it Zack Snyder that you've got the bugaboo with? It's a bit of a mix. Yeah, okay. It's a bit of a mix. Um you know, like you could say you could say David S. Goya. Yeah. Because um, at its but core, then you could also say Christopher. You know, Christopher Nolan had a lot of input in it. Yes. Christopher Nolan didn't like how it ended. Yeah. Okay. Um, he disagreed with how um, Killing Zod. Really? Yeah. Didn't and um, and Snyder and him had to have huge talks about it. About um, what did he feel was going to happen? Just Superman doesn't kill. Okay. So that's look, segueing. Yeah, let's segue. That's then. another issue. People say. There's a lot of drama about Superman killing. Yeah. Because Superman doesn't kill. It's the same yep. with Batman versus Superman. They say Batman doesn't kill and Batman kills heaps of people. Or use a gun. Yeah, exactly. Look, in my opinion, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Um, and that comes from a, you know, Superman has killed in the comic books before. Yep. The only issue I have it with is he doesn't build enough, build up enough of Superman's character for you to believe that it had such an impact on him. The scream at the end? Yeah. Yeah. Or even just the fact that, oh my God, Superman just killed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, can I, can you we know, go? That must have been so hard for Superman to do because yep. his character was such, you know, he's such a good yeah. character. In the movie, you're sort of like, yeah, yeah. Because Kathy Lee asked it, and this is sort of like a parallel sort of um, line of thought. So they sort of come together. Um, but she's asking like, she, without knowing all the backlash, mm. how many people are getting killed in those buildings they're smashing? You Incredible know? Um, amount. She asked that question. But, like, I do side with the argument of, like, Superman, if we go a timeline of how long he's been Superman, mm-hmm. like, I love the idea of Superman as an urban myth. Yeah. You know? Um, the, the sort of almost like a yowie hunter. You yeah, know, or a, a Bigfoot hunter for those North American people who don't know what a Yowie is. Um, but the idea of him being a raw version? Yeah. See, because I guess if we go down the Snyder timeline, if we just call it the Snyderverse, yeah. you know, of Yeah, let's Superman, call it That's a exact perfect one for it. Um, if we're in the Snyderverse, his father's been killed before he learns how to be Superman with his dad guiding him. Yeah. Which is essentially Christopher Reeve. Yeah. Learned how to be Superman. Yeah. Because his dad was guiding him through it. Um, whereas you would argue that Henry Cavill's Superman is learning through mistakes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's one of the and that's one of the another hard part of the film. Yeah. Is Superman's voted motivations to be Superman. Yes. Are never truly altruistic. You know yep. what I mean? Because then he never really he is. If you think about most situations that he where he saves people, yeah, he's forced into it. Yeah, or he lands in it. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. He never actively goes to yeah. save people. Yeah, and that's where the problem is. That's not. That's where the triumph. That's where the the lack of the triumph. He never active. He's yeah. He's I get a that. person. I get that. He's 
he's really, if you want to look at on the full meaning of it, he's yeah. an anti-hero. Yeah, and he that's is. never how you should explain Superman. That's how you explain Batman. It's almost like from Man of Steel to Batman versus Superman, we are sort of insinuated that he's this. Yeah, exactly. Superhero, just, and 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 that's what they tell you. Oh, Superman's Superman's a man of value. He, he, yeah, he's Superman of hope. He's Superman of good. But you never actually see that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you yeah, don't, yeah. and that's and that's that's that's. Do you think that's where Man of Steel two should have been before Batman yeah, versus definitely, Superman? Definitely. You know why? Because Batman versus Superman, and once obviously we'll talk about this more yeah, in depth yeah. Next um, when week. it comes in. But Batman versus Superman sh- should have been so amazing because it's two polar opposites. Yes. Who work for the same common good? Yes. And that's why Batman and Superman have always. Always been a great team. Yeah. Always had the best stories are the ones where they're intertwined. Is yeah. Because they both have two different ways of going about something. Yes. Um, but they don't. You know, yep. like once again, let's throw it in Marvel. It's Captain America and Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. Civil War. Yeah, so that's good. Exactly. It. But they're exact. But that's where Marvel have been smart. Yeah. Marvel pretty much just said. Okay, well, if you're not going to do what, do it with Batman and Superman, we're going to take that <laughs> off you. Which, look, let's be honest, it started with Batman and Superman. Yes, that whole concept. I'm going to take it and give it to our characters. Yeah, because you're obviously not using it, and yeah. that's what, and that's, and that's you pretty, had your shot. Yeah, you exactly. You had your shot. You blew it. You didn't. You didn't use it. Yeah, and that's where imagine a imagine um, you know, and we'll go once again. Imagine a Batman versus Superman where you do see Batman at his darkest and Superman at his lightest, and when they collide, there's the there's that more of that justice. Yes, exactly. You know what I mean? And this is where he they don't build that up enough. Yeah. Like there's moments where you do see Superman and it's amazing. Like I said, I, I, iconic. There are so many posters in this movie that yep. I just I, I you know, I gush over, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um I make my own snow. <laughs> but but yeah, just you don't you don't see but hey, this is Snyder's Superman. This is good on you, Snyder. This is, and, and I enjoy Snyder's Superman. I, I, I wonder in knowing that five film story arc yeah. for Superman. Um, so we don't know if Justice League was to be part of that five film story arc. Meant to be. Um, I think it was meant to be. Yeah, because he I, was meant to go dark and then come back. Yes, and I have, I have a feeling that. Between this, we would have gone back and seen all the goodness. So you would have had the films released out of mm. whack in timeline. Thing. Yeah. But when you watched Man of Steel, Man of Steel 2, Batman vs. Superman, Justice League exactly. onwards, you would go, I get it. And it's that, all perfect exactly. now. And that's where I think Warner Brothers got too jittery. Yeah. They're like, oh, you know, let's do a Man of Steel sequel. Oh, I'm a bit scared. It never did as well as you want. Let's throw Batman in it. Yeah. You know People I mean? go nuts for Batman. Yeah, yeah, Batman and Superman. How awesome is that? You know yeah. what I mean, when they didn't have to do that straight one f- away. One film too short. Yeah, one film. T- and exactly. it all came I think undone. That's perfect. One film too short. Yeah. I think the next Superman could have been one where, like, if if you had two films, Man of Steel, and then the second film is Superman, getting good at Superman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, let's be honest. And a teaser an Batman at the end. Yeah, it, this is an origin film. 100%. And then the second film is, uh, you know, a standard Superman. And yep. then seeing Superman come into a world of with, of Batman. Yeah. Man, it would, it, it'll all make sense. But yeah. it, that's the thing. It's the character arc within Snyderverse. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't make sense at all. I would love to interview him to know. Because, like, like yeah, you think about the death of Zod 
is such an amazing catalyst as to why he would never kill again. Well, that's exactly the point Snyder wanted to do. That's why Snyder killed him. Because Snyder said, that's the reason why I never want him to ever kill yeah, again. so good. Because he had to kill one of the, the last of his kin to and do it. And it would haunt you forever. And in Snyderverse, I understand that completely. Yes. Oh, look, in any verse, I understand it completely. Yeah, you know, yeah, right? that's a, that's like, mm. that is, that is a catalyst done right. Mm. But Grant Morrison puts, Grant Morrison puts it in a, in another good way. He goes, all these people who are saying that, oh yeah, no, no, you should have killed him. Would you have killed him? How easy, how bloodthirsty are we to see our superheroes kill that we're so blase about saying, oh yeah, I would have killed him if they would have done it. Because <laughs> who out there, because if I was put in that situation, who's put in that situation apart from superheroes? Um, and it's true, it's a very good point. Who, who gets put in those situations? None of us do. I think, the the Zod part talking in mm. in this film. What is the real standout for me that I picked up on tonight that I'd never really had mm. um, that sort of knowledge on was the moment where just as he he's about to kill the people mm. at the train station, he says, "I'll never stop." Like exactly. Zod says, "I'll never that's stop." What I love it, and that's the moment that you go, "I can see why he killed him." And because that's when you knows. see his face, and you see yeah. it, Henry Cavill's click gun. Yeah, Damn I it. gotta do it. I have to do yeah. it. Yeah, I have to do yeah. it. Yeah, and let's let's say any other actor as Zod, I don't think it would have sold as well. Yeah, exactly. Any other actor as Cavill, you wouldn't yeah. have sold as well. Yeah, Brandon exactly. Routh could not have had that moment. No, no, definitely no, definitely. No. Um, that's why Cavill's brilliant. brilliant yeah, super. he is, isn't he? I I can justify Zod doing being killed. Yeah, same. Um, and. I gotta say, let's just do a little seg uh, tangent off, but then we'll come back. I love the way that the prison for Zod at the start is so much better than that horrible one from like the Richard oh, Donner film. The, the flying doodles. Yeah, <laughs> the flying doodles. <laughs> they totally look they like flying do doodles. doodles don't don't they? They? This <laughs> <laughs> they go into this big wiry vagina that's very vingy. Yeah, <laughs> very vingy vagina and disappear. Lock them up. In the freezy dongs. <laughs> in the freezy dongs. Put the dongs on them. <laughs> You're forever going to the dong zone. Or to the meat fest. But it's so <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say, that's a joke to my mate who, who went to a barbecue festival and it was called Meat Fest. Meat stock? Meat stock. Yes. Yeah. He goes, yeah, I'm going to meat stock on a weekend. I said, is that like a... There's a great is that band. Like a, is that like a rave? <laughs> There's a great band that uh, we played with at Tamworth uh, when I shout out to Whistle Dixie uh, called the Sweet Jelly Rolls. Sweet Jelly Roll? They yes. are so good. This little country band and they're these, these guys who are probably about mid-20s just mm. really loving on it. And they have this song called If You Don't Like Dolly Parton, F You. And so the, the song, the song sort of has this moment where they're like, "If you don't like Dolly Parton," and, and everyone in the crowd just goes, "F you!" Like at the top of the lungs, they're flipping the bird, um, and they played a meat stock on the weekend. Oh, wow. So I saw them on their Instagram. Check them out, Sweet Jelly Rolls. We'll give you a little shout out. They'll never know about this, but anyways, uh, <laughs> great. Um, but I can, I can totally, I can stand by the Zod. An actual fact, Craig. If I look at this film as a subjective, we're looking at Snyder's work. Yeah, this is a Great film. We've talked Snyder's so much. Snyder's work it is one of my favourite. Like, and like I said, you know, when I said when we first started, it's one, and it's one of my most, it's my favourite yep. film, and it's yep. my worst film. Yeah. And this is why. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, as a as a movie guy, I love this. Damn it, man! It's like, yes, there's there's some too many explosions. Um, I got no issues with it. But 
man, I loved it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I got and no issues again, with the explosions. Loved it, loved it again. I, I can I can get behind again that logic of of Park Kent dying early in his life mm. than previous iterations of Superman. Yeah. The rawness that is that battle. Yep. With Zod and things blowing up and even like Superman just jumping through things. And, you know, the moment that he's like just angry because you did this to my mum. Yeah. You know, like all those make sense because he hasn't had the... Um, he's not emotionally stable yet. No, he hasn't had the revelation of if my actions are going to have consequences. Mm. Plus the difference thing with this is, and this differs from a lot of Superman's, um, Superman's adversaries. Yeah. Is super Zod is Superman's perfect adversary. Yes. He has all of Superman's powers. Yes. So he needs 100%. It's all about the greater good. Yes. You know, he's 100% has to focus on, you know, on stopping Zod, him. On stopping Zod. Yeah. You know what I mean? And what, yes, um, and obviously you can, you know, talk about the collateral damage and stuff like that. That's heaps true, man. That's heaps true. 100%. But it, it's, but it's also, it shows... And to use that frame of logic, though, yeah, okay, shows one of Snyder's downfalls. Yes, is the fact that you can say collateral damage, collateral damage, and the fact that people are recognizing that and don't recognize when Iron Man picks up Sokovia yeah. and that crashes <laughs> shows brilliant direction. Yeah, I mean, because that's what a director does. He directs. He directs your attention. Yes. You know, you you he directs your attention away from this and away from that. Yeah. And you know what I mean. And so that shows a big jump. Yeah. In difference, you know, ironically being Joss Whedon. Yep. <laughs> You're very ironic, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. Um, but like, I can. You know what? I don't have a problem with the collateral damage. I Again, look, I don't because because I can see I see the rawness in it. I think there was a little bit too much. I don't mind them fighting in the city. Yep. Um, Superman 2, huge fight in the city, man. Yep. Huge fight in the city. But you actually see a lot of Superman saving people. Yeah. And he actually runs away at the end so he doesn't fight. Yeah. So he doesn't cause much collateral yep. damage. Um, and everyone goes, Superman's running away, but he isn't. Yeah. Um, you know, but there's too much. Yeah. In essence. Like the world machine, you know, that, that yep. destruction thing. Yeah. I don't mind the punch up scenes, man. But yeah, the, the world machine is pretty, pretty crazy. It's, it's wild, but I think in context, if the intention, this is my genuine thought, a bit like our Legend of the Guardians thought, mm. I think the intention was always to be a sequel to this film next. Yeah, same. Um, I think there was more of a Superman verse than there was yep, a shared universe. 100%. And I think the pitch, when it comes down to Goya and Nolan's pitch versus yeah. Snyderverse, uh, the pitch was a Superman verse that included the rest of the, the roster later on. Yeah, exactly. And I feel we would have got this film and then the next, which is dealing one with the consequences of Zod. Yep. That led him to become, you know, the the Messiah. Yeah. You know, which is he has to make, he, ha he wants to save everyone. He wants to protect everyone. Again, his dad has shown him that's what you do. Yeah. Um, And I just think the jump, then to Batman vs Superman again. I haven't watched it in ages, so I haven't got fresh eyes on this. But I think I can wholeheartedly at this point in Snyder's career, this film is hitting everything just right to go the direction I think it was intended to go. Look, I think yeah, I think it was a good starting point. Yes. Um, I think all the actors were doing great. Yes. They um, sure it were doesn't great. come across as um. 
in thought you don't connect as much with some of the characters as as you should. Yep. Um, give me an example. Oh, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Hey, you got to know. I'm gonna give you a quote. This guy, this guy said a quote. I don't fully agree with it, but it has very good points. Now, there's a guy who wrote a huge article, um, and he is Tom Brian from avclub.com. Okay, cool. <laughs> and Shout he, out he to avclub.com. He makes a really good point about Snyder, and but like, I don't think, it, like I said, I don't 100 percent agree with it. Um, but I think there's there's merit to it. Okay, so the thing you need to know about Zack Snyder, he doesn't give a fuck about humans. <laughs> he never has. Has there ever been a fully formed, convincingly alive character in any Zack Snyder movie? Off the top of my head, the closest w- to one I can think of is Chips the dog from Dawn of the Dead. Okay, <laughs> Snyder's characters don't laugh. True. They don't interrupt each other. They don't trail off mid-thought. Yeah, wow. They don't do things that humans do. Instead, they brood and pose, and play out their parts in vast preordained narratives. Wow. Isn't that... A, it's, it's well said. And the, and and I look, at first, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Until I read that. Yeah. And it just... It became logical. Like, it's almost... Some, and some of Snyder's films, they're almost like a Greek tragedy. Yeah. Where it's one soliloquy after another. Yeah. One soliloquy, pose. Another soliloquy, well, pose. It's a really interesting thought because when we watch Sucker Punch, now, just context, uh, I watched Sucker Punch at about 12.30 at night with <laughs> Kathy Lee. Yeah. She fell asleep about 10 minutes in. But she woke up just towards the end and said, every male in this film speaks, because she hadn't been watching, she'd mm. been listening, speaks really weird. Mm. And I was like, I, I don't understand. And she said, with her eyes closed, it wasn't like they were speaking like a normal person was. It was this weird sort of sing-song, strange way that they phrased and tone and all of that. Like a stage play. Yeah. Wow. And that's and, and exactly. And if you think about it, what's the main thing? My wife's a genius too. Yeah. And what's the main thing about a stage play you need to set up? It's the visual. Yeah. Yeah. And what's this actor? What's this director? Setting the stage. He's such a visual director. Wow. Because he thinks about it. And that's what's so so funny. When I read it, it just hit me right. Yeah. Like, once again, look, I think there, there, there are some great characters that he's created. And I yes. think, you know, it's not entirely true. But it's a damn good point. Uh, 100%. And when you think about this film, it's a damn good point. You know, he visually, you know, he does the visual thing where he just steps up and, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Man. I, I know, I know. It's crazy, yeah, isn't that's it? That's a great little oh, note, man. Great Tom job Tom Brian, man, he, he he done a huge, huge. And he said, so when S- Snyder came on to make a Superman film, he pretty much came up with a Superman who was just like Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, Wow. Wow. Yeah. I know, exactly, exactly, exactly. Isn't that... You know, he, 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 also, he uh, they made he kept making a couple of good points. He's like, Superman's not a guy you'd want to meet. He's not a guy you'd want to hang out with. Like you'd have a poster on a wall, or you just go, oh yeah. He seems like you know just someone who give me motivation. Like you know the Superman who comes down and you know he gives you motivation. Yeah, you know? yeah. He doesn't seem like that. Like you, you're happy to have him. You know, and and that was one of the things Brand, uh, Brandon Rouse Superman, like Brian Singer's Superman, did really well. Yeah, is Superman only existed when all human um, options were done. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's I when you wish like that Superman had. In just in a rebuttal to that, again, mm. 
working on the belief system that there was going to be a Man of Steel 2. Exactly. That fleshed out the heart. Exactly. I thought there was going to flesh it out more. And and so, I, like, again, I see this almost as a one-two punch, and we mm. lost the second punch. Exactly. But the... And this is where um, he, he got around it. Snyder luckily got around it. It's not because of how he directed... Um, or how the or how they were written, David yeah. Scoyer. It's the actors they chose. Yes, you know what I mean. Like yes, you know these you people feel the heart emote. Yes, you know what I mean. Like and look, Henry Cavill has some ridiculous amount of lines in the film. Like so small amount of lines. Really, um, you wouldn't know though. I know, but he emotes. Yeah, you know I mean he's, so well. he's such a good actor. Same with you know Amy Adams, amazing. You know yeah. all these people. They they they. Bring the life, yeah, to something which he could, him and David Goy could have brought a bit more to. Yeah, it. yeah, totally. But once again, I know it sounds it sounds like I'm destroying the film, but really, in a Snyderverse, I love this film, man. I and I'll watch, and I'm gonna, and watching it again, I was like so pumped to watch it. Yeah, and and now that I've watched it. I feel like I'll probably watch it within the next two weeks again as well, oh, just great. because I loved it so much. I I love because I feel like in this, knowing that, I fully understand in our first episode of this season when we talked about where we think what will be our top film, yeah. what will be our bottom film in our rankings, and you chose Man of Steel for both. And I can totally understand where you were coming from now. At the time, I was like, what the heck? He is loco. I know, exactly. This is, this, this is what I'm saying. I can't fault... Can we... The connection of all of them? Yes. Or like so everyone, good. it's everyone, <laughs> it reminds you of that, um, there's a Picard um, saying out of one of his things, he goes, sometimes you can do everything right yep. and still fail. Yes. <laughs> um, and it's, it, it, that's what rings, but uh, I don't want to say it failed. You know what I mean? I, feel I don't think it failed at I, all. Exactly. I don't think it did either. I don't think no. it's. I don't. I think it's. I think. But let me put it in this. Let me put it in this way. I think it's a missed opportunity. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um. Failure. No way. I love this movie. I'm gonna love it for the rest of my life. Can we? While we're here, Craig. Yeah. Let's not be held to our structures of an episode as we normally have. But can we go to ranking and then? Yeah, I think yeah, this go is going to unlock some things. I don't want to. I don't want to lose your notes because you got quite a few in there. Oh no, 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 no! A lot of these, are, a lot of these we've talked about. Oh, good, good, good. So, Craig, normally for those at home, if this is your first episode, hello, great to have you here. Yay. Um, but um, we would rank based on Zack Snyder's work. What our top Where's film? My whiteboard. Oh, whiteboard's over here. Sorry, oh, Cineful Studios man, is in the middle of a. I can't uh, barely remember movie names, man. Excitedly, Beauty. we are moving to a new location for Cineful Studio, really? um, and so we've started boxing up the studio. But here's the whiteboard, Ooh. Craig. The official whiteboard. So at number one, Craig has Watchmen. Two, Dawn of the Dead. Three, Three Hundred. Four, Sucker Punch. And five, Legend of the Guardians: The Asgarhul. Um, and for myself, there's Watchmen at number one. Number two is 300. Number three, Dawn of the Dead. Four, Sucker Punch. And five, Legend of the Guardians, The Hours of Gahul. Now, Craig, where are you ranking this film? The world's going to hate me. They're gonna, I'm going to confuse them. I'm going to rank this at number one. Craig, me too. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, guys. I know, and, I, and it sounds awful. I feel like an unappreciative shit. Um, <laughs> because, you know, I've been sitting here 
bashing. It seems like it's bashing. No, no. I'd but can I just say, you, it's I my think, favorite Snyder film. I think you have been so genuine and kind in the way you've spoken about <laughs> the faults of the film. Well, I want to be. I, I, I don't want to put too much feelings. I want to be like, I, and that's this is what was so hard about. And this is why we've always talked about Craig in this episode. Yes, because it goes so. F- it goes so far from film. Yes. And it goes to so many different areas, you know? Yeah. Like, look, let's be honest, Superman has an emotional connection to me, not only just the character. I used to sit and watch it with my dad. Yeah. Dad loved Christopher Reeves. Um, I remember sitting with my brothers, watching it all the time. There's actually an old home video of all of us sitting watching oh, wow. the the last scene of part two, you know, and you hear him, Neil Bavazod, you know, and then when he picks him up. and um, But not only that, it's, it's. I'm gonna love this film anyway. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm gonna love any film that has Superman in it because yep. I just haven't. I just a built-in bias. Yeah. But yeah, look, and seriously, the it co- probably could have been down a little bit lower if I didn't realize this time around that this is a brilliant Snyderverse Superman. Oh. <laughs> it, and I'm I'm now content that it's just not my Superman. Yes. But as a Snyderverse Superman, man, oh, what an awesome film. Oh, Craig. What an awesome we film. Were, we were really hopeful at the start of this season. We didn't think Snyder had got great yet, mm. that he had greatness in him. Yeah. And we were just hoping one day we'd get it. Now, I don't know if we've got Masterpiece Snyder yet. No. I don't you know, like have. thinking I don't Zemeckis, think we have, we've had nuance. We ha- we yeah. haven't got his Forrest Gump yet. Yeah, but far out, dude. This is like, this is as close as he's got. Oh yeah. Oh, I love this movie so much, man. It's um, it is just so well written. Yes, it's, it's just simple little things, man. Just simple little things. But isn't it interesting when you when you actually love something? It can frustrate you so much that those little things haven't been met. Yeah, exactly. Because you you love it so dearly that if it had got that, it would have been everything. It's and here's one of the things that I missed from the film. Okay, yep. and I'm going to refer to my notes here. Yeah, do it. Is and I I referenced it previously before the moments of triumph. Yes. Now, every superhero film should have that moment of triumph. Yes. Where you get. Now, apart from the flying scene, which obviously is beautiful. Yes. There's no scene where there's no. Um, Avengers Assemble. Yeah. You know, there's no I'm Iron Man or, yeah. or God of Thunder, Led Zeppelin. Or, let's be honest, no Wonder Woman running um, running through the gunfire the scene. No Man's Land. No Man's Land scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. That moment's where you actually just get those shivers down your spine. Yeah, You true. know, like where, you know, it would have been, you know, where that moment where it's... Str- a moment where it stretches beyond his powers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where yeah. their powers are almost worn out. Yeah. And and they stand up. That's one thing I hated about the um, Brandon Rouse Superman Returns one. Yeah. When he had no powers, they beat the living crap out of him. Yeah. And that's out of character for me for Superman because Superman would still stand up once again because I think he's he's a good, great human being who yes. just happens to have these powers. Yeah. Um, but... In this, yeah, there's that scene. You, there's not that scene where you know Superman has to stand up and just there is he corrects that. Yes, um, in Batman vs Superman, and I love that scene. It's one of my favorite scenes in the world. But in this one, yeah, there's there's not that that Zod. It's thing almost where. like um, 
thinking of the triumph moment. Mm. The triumph moment is almost the oil rig scene. Yeah. Where he catches the falling yeah, it's steel and holds it up. Like at the end with him as Superman doing that to something in order to protect, say, Lois and Perry, you know, those guys. But there's that arrogance in his power, though. Yes. He knows he's going to get out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what's brilliant about, and once again, we'll talk about it in Batman vs. Superman. Yeah. Is that it, it evens the playing episode. field. Yeah, oh, exactly. What an exciting exactly. episode. Um, I just want to touch while we're here, Let's just touch. talking about Snyder's Let's direction. Um, <laughs> I think the, the reason that I've got this at number one, Watchmen at number two, was I was really tossing up in my mind whether, you know, to quote past Jeff, I couldn't put my tongue on it. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, We're touching, couldn't put his tongue on yeah. it. Tossing up. Um, but I just, Watchmen is such a good film, but what this is, Snyder has stretched himself as a director so far. We've talked before, he doesn't use a second unit director. No. So those moments when you have like childhood Clark with the red cape on mm. and those gorgeous golden hour moments. I loved his use of like perspective and the blurring and clear and blurring again throughout the film. Like there are moments where Snyder is artistic, far more artistic mm. than he's ever been before. Yeah, exactly. Not commercially artistic, like genuinely artistic in this film, um, which it's ballsy as crap. To do this in arguably the biggest superhero ever. Exactly. And hearkening back once again to Zemeckis and doing Death Becomes Her. Yes. Okay, so. Um, Check out the Death Becomes Her episode, people. It's a good one. Yeah, it is a good one. So Zemeckis tries a darker tone. Yep. Okay. Here, and if you look at his back catalog, yep. Snyder tries a lighter tone. Oh, yes. And, I love um, you in here, Craig. Because he's a dark man. You know, yeah. Let's be honest. All he's he, he's a cynical he's a cynical director. Yes. Let's be honest. Um, there's not much hope in all his. Yes. Films. And he tries to bring it here. And look to quote the movie, he stumbles, and he falls. Yeah. But one day, I am confident he'll join us in the light. I I think this is his. He stumbles. I'm not going to say falls. No. He stumbles. I think he stumbles, but. He just can't pull it off as truly as someone like Zemeckis could. And I think if this was like Sucker Punch was, mm. a tester film that mm. wasn't Superman and he was doing all these things, I think this would have been perfect coming into Man of Steel because he would have nailed it. Imagine if this wasn't Superman. Yes. And that's one of the things I like too. If this wasn't a Superman film, yes. how great would this you know, film be? Amazing. The problem is he's carrying the weight of a culture. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and, and look, and that's no fault of his own. You no. Know what I mean, um, he's done the best that Snyder can do yep. in a Snyderverse. Yeah. And man, I love him for it. Yeah, totally. And there are these moments in it. I, um, we talked about previously at the time he and JJ Abrams had a bit of banter going on mm. with, um, you know, they would put promo shots that sort of hid Superman something and he'd hide Star Wars stuff in there yeah. and all this sort of thing. But... I actually wonder if they were spending legitimate time together because there is a very J.J. Abrams feel to this film. Oh, there is. There are moments that like Krypton feels like something that J.J. would do. But you see, Abrams gets that lighter tone better. Big time. He gets a lighter tone. But he doesn't have to lighten it like in a... And when I say lighter tone, I don't say Marvel cracking No, like it's magical. Yeah, there's magic. There's a magic to the world. There's a magic to it. There's a 
the the color palette's a little yeah the color palette he, he could have done better with his color color palette here. Oh, um, like uh, the the sepia tone is somewhat yep. just wrong. Do um, you reckon? Some of it would just ah, oh, like you know what I mean. Like it could have just he could have just see, and I think the fact that a couple of visual touches yep could have lightened the film more. Yes, um, and to come from a person who let's be honest is one of the most brilliant visual directors ever lived. Yep. Visually, he's just, there's very few who are better than him. Um, Yeah, you know that every step he's done, especially visually, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And so he has to be fully responsible. Can I I take you down a line of thought I had watching today? This is my, um, Zack Snyder channeling more Michael Bay tone. Than Tarsum Singh. Oh yeah, towards yeah, definitely. You definitely. know, so we've talked about they Tarsum Singh and Michael Bay were classmates at film school with yep. with Zack Snyder friends, and I feel he's lent more to Tarsum Singh in his previous work. Yep. This is his. I'm going back towards Michael Bay. There were even those beautiful the moment that the um that the the world um the big drill thing I can't yeah. remember what it's called the, yeah. World Maker or something. When when that's sort of coming down, and there's those reveals of people turning and being like, "Oh my gosh, that was so Michael Bay in those moments." Like, oh, he he. Di- I think he directs an action scene better than Michael Bay as well. <laughs> so like, true. Great. There is nothing. And uh, coming from a, I guess, post September 11 world. Yeah. Um, it's watching a building fall. Yeah. Is one of the most, and how he does it is one of the most. It it actually you you can't help but feel dread yep. watching that scene. Yeah, and that's that's brilliant. <laughs> he's he's that's, but he he does it he does it and I don't know he wanted a more realistic Superman in here. Yeah, um, and more realistic of the consequences and impacts uh, a two Superman fighting would be. Yeah, and he pulls it off perfectly. Once again, Snyderverse, well done. I love also in it his cut zooms, so those like chunk chunk chunk, yeah. and each time they're zooming in, I love those ones again. J.J. Abrams does those yeah. in his films. Um, can I take a moment to say there was that fight scene outside, <laughs> so bad, shows that advertising works, outside the 7-Eleven. Um, oh, yeah, there's heaps of advertising. There's Sears, and that there's IHOP, Nokia, there's just, IHOP. Yeah, they're obviously generating some cash for visual effects. Oh, yeah, all this. why not? But that um, with Feora Ul or whatever mm. her name is, that moment where she like cuts loose and she's like zipping super fast, almost like the flash to like yeah. punch people. Holy moly, that oh, is brilliant. good. And she actually raises a good point in the film too. She she looks at Savannah and goes, Look at you, you're very unsure of yourself. Yes. You know what I mean? And and it's true. And they're all sure of themselves because they're soldiers. They've, they've been trained bred. in it. It's so, well, like he says, he's bred to fight. Yep. Because what did you learn? On a farm? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Hey, how about, can we take a Love moment and just say. Man. My favorite Zod. Um, oh, he is. And Terrence Stamp is a good Zod. He's a good Zod. Campy as hell. Yeah. But my favorite Zod. Man, um, far. There's a few moments in the film that I think really then we've talked about Zack Snyder as a visionary. Mm. And last week we had that little epiphany moment where Jeff realized what a visionary director is yeah. versus a visual director. Snyder is visual as heck. Oh, yeah. But a visionary director is someone that does things and everyone then change what they're doing yeah. to match him. So, again, I'd say the Wachowskis are visionary directors yeah. because that's influenced. There were bits of the Matrix in this for sure. Like Neo is pre-Superman Superman. Yeah. You know? Um 
But from here, I think Man of Steel then goes on again to influence so many films. Oh, yeah. Like, definitely. even the moment where uh, Russell Crowe is explaining the history of Krypton and Zod through those, that sort of... Um, yeah, like those pin things. Yeah, that's desk. exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Um, again, I just watched that and went, oh, well, they've just used that in Guardians of the Galaxy Part 2 where... Oh, yeah. Ego's explaining oh, yeah, man. all that That's stuff. Seriously. You know, like, this film has influenced so much superhero films but for the future. But also introducing that animation as part of an exposition. Oh, are you looking at my notes? No. I love it, Craig, because I literally... Yeah, you know, like, I literally get, and I know you love this bit. Guillermo del Toro in oh, Hellboy 2. Yeah, he does. He uses oh, animation to accompany exposition course. When it's exposition on its own, it's boring as poop to yeah, watch. Exactly. But this was like it was animation in live action. And if you, you watch know. it and you watch it rewatch the scenes again, yep. you get more detail out of it. It's too. so clever, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. It's it's and really you appreciate Krypton more. Yes. And it's then so you'll appreciate which makes it funny is you'll you'll appreciate Zod's quest more. Definitely, Greg. It's it. This is literally where all my notes were going. Oh, sorry, man. It, no, oh, no, I love it because we're on the same page. It also says that I'm not way off the mark here as a non-Superman fan. Um, but it really does. It builds a mythology. And this is what Su- what Snyder's done that Superman's never had before. Mm. is He's got a mythology based on his past mm. rather than a mythology based on his Earth past. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So I love it so much because... Zod has so much more weight to his quest. Oh, yeah. You know, um, Jor-El has so much weight to his quest as a father. Yeah, exactly. Um, Even Superman has so much weight to it because he knows the sacrifices that have been made for him. Yeah, exactly. And I love the logical choices because he had a character in mind and he went with it. Yes. And um, and the way he wanted to explain it. And I love that he, once again... Four balls to take an oh, icon and do it. Seriously, you know what I mean. I and, was and, and and even at the end is to show Clark Kent is the final show. Yes, you know what I mean. That's that's the final reveal. Yes, it's, you know in every in most other movies, you know the final reveal is the superhero. Yes, the final reveal in this one is Clark Kent, which again goes down the line of thought, which most people say, um, Superman's not Clark Kent's alter ego. Yeah, you know Clark Kent's. He's Superman's alter ego, yeah, yeah, definitely, and it, and and that's and that's what he plays upon in this whole yeah. film. So good, isn't it? Oh yeah, and he does it, and he does it well, and I and I love that. I love that little bit, of, you know, because they they play. You don't see Clark Kent's face, you don't yeah. see his face, and then suddenly you see Clark Kent. And you go, oh, it's Clark Kent. Yeah, He's it's the so good, isn't it's it? It's awesome, and they you know, and a lot of people are upset over that. You know, the Lois, the the to and fro between Lois and um Clark. Yeah, you know, which look, I don't really care. You know what I mean? Like, I know it's it's. Kathy had the same problem. She know, felt like she wanted more emotional, romantic stakes, which for their characters. Which again, if we're talking that there's a Man of Steel two being planned, yeah, you'd have more of this. I almost imagine we watched the perfect prequel to Christopher Reeve's Superman. Yeah. If we if we got Christopher Reeve's Superman one without the origin story, we have the the perfect stepping stone to Batman vs Superman. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And 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 like we said, I, it's just missing a film in between. Yeah, 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, the, to really cement it in a bit more. Yeah. They just never took their time. Once yeah. again, Warner Brothers, just skittish. Yeah. Which is weird because I think Harry Potter was done amazingly as a franchise. But the world was already fleshed out. We've got to remember that. True. Whereas True. this is, like, if we think about it, if Snyder came on board in 2009, was it 2010? Um, but, and also, as a good point, the creator was very much involved. Yes. So David Yates would always, and, and yep. you know, all of them, they just talked and to Ralph. Ra- Rowling all the time. The unsung hero in that is a gentleman named Mark Heyman, who's yeah. a producer. And yes. he really... And he's a huge Potter fan. He is. He's a massive Potter fan. Also, he's the he's the brains behind the Paddington films that are so good. Oh, you know, he good. has a vision and he holds onto it. Um, there was something we were really concerned about after both Legend of the Guardians and Sucker Punch is that maybe post-Watchmen, Snyder had got a bit too ballsy. Yeah, yeah. And we were really worried, Craig, that we were going to see today a, a Snyder that had An lost his mojo yeah. a bit. Mm. Um, and that was why the film may not work as much, you know? Yeah. But I think I realised today... That Snyder's not arrogant in it in any way. No, shape, I don't or think form. so. I think people misinterpret that. Yeah, you know, they think he took an American icon and and made him edgy. And look, he did. There's yeah. no doubt about that. But I don't think he did it. I think he did it to put his own stamp on it. Definitely not not to, um, you know, hey, I'm going to throw this shit in your face, which I originally thought it was. I thought he was just pissing on pissing on um. All no, the, I on think fans. He had a vision for the the Snyderverse. Yeah, the Snyderverse exactly. And he held to it. He held exactly. He held fast to it. He made a film with the future in mind. Yes. Uh, not too much, though. Like I said, they didn't go too much balls in the air. No. But I think he, as a character-wise, yep. uh, not plot-wise, but as character-wise, yeah, I think he had a vision in mind. Yeah, totally. And I was really worried that this film was going to be the start of Snyder not being as ballsy, mm. not taking as many risks. But he honestly could be at his most ballsiest here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, it's number one. Yeah, I think it's perfect as to why it is number one, Craig. It's exactly. so darn good. Listen, um, have you got anything else? Oh, no. Do you feel like <laughs> we've covered everything that sort of needs to be? pretty much, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I yeah. don't want to leave. Look, we I do don't want to do go it. down any rabbit holes, but even if not, hey, look, we've got next week. Yeah, <laughs> we do. And next week is going to be a fun well, episode. N- yeah, exactly. Next week we get to, car- to talk about two iconic yes. characters. And the bringing of them together. Yeah, and how they, well, ha- and the how they were Let's be handled. dead honest. It's three iconic characters. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And one just takes over the whole film. Yeah, the show stealer, oh, so yeah. to speak. Oh, it is. Um, it is. And the tune that goes with it is amazing. Oh, and yes. And I'll forever know that as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so good. Uh, we are movie nerds, aren't we? So good. Hey, look... Um, where can people find us, Craig? Because I feel like this is going to be one of those episodes where people want to give their thoughts as well. Yeah, definitely, man. Give us your thoughts because, look, I'm not married to my ideas. No. Um, That's and good. also, the amazing thing about characters is everyone has their own right to 100%. add their own love to it. And that's 100%. what I've learned to accept is you love the character for this, you love it for this, go for it, mate. And that's what Snyder did here. Yep. He had his love for the character and he showed it. Yes. And it's still, I think there's still love in it. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, once again, not my version. But um, but if you want to find, find us on Twitter. Yeah. 
on Instagram at FFTL Podcast. Yes. Um, or you can find us on our website, www.fftlpodcast.com. Yeah. Or on Facebook. Facebook as well. As well. At FFTL Podcast. Shoot us an email if you want it. Info at FFTLpodcast.com. Or leave us a review. Yeah. Um, you know, anything, man. But seriously, I want to hear some feedback. Yeah, about same. Them, I, really I really want to hear, hear from people feedback. what they think about this. Um, if you agree with Craig, if you don't, Fight let us me. know. <laughs> Fight me. Fight him. He'll be Zod. Fight uh, me in the, comment, in, in the comments because I can't fight in real life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True that. Yep. Um, so subscribe, guys. We'd love to have you just along for the rest of the journey. And as we say every week, we are really, really so appreciative of everybody being on board, loving it. We love your feedback. We love yep, the comments love we get. So please keep them coming. Keep on the journey with keep us. Keep them coming, Bruce. Uh, so next week, Craig, we've got the next installment into the DC Snyderverse. Batman vs. Batman versus Superman. Dawn of Justice. Dawn of Justice and God. Uh, quite that a mouthful. sounds like an add-on. Yeah. It sounds like an executive post-it note. Yeah. Just That's like just Legends of the Guardian. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but we're really excited for this. We've got a very special guest. Uh, yes, we do. Andy Milos is on board. Yay! We can't wait for you to be with us, Andy. Andy. Have I met Andy? No, no. no well, I'm still cheering for you anyway, Andy. He's a top dude and I can't wait. I think our... Our fans are going to love him. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, from um, what I heard, a huge BVS fan. He is a... Huge. He's someone that got the Snyderverse early on. And yeah. so then, therefore, his context has never been about getting caught on mythology. Mm. It's caught on just staying true to the he Snyderverse. He understood Snyderverse, yeah. And, and so I love it. So he's very passionate about um, Batman vs. Superman. And he's got some great info on awesome. Justice League and things like that. Can't so wait. I think it's going to be a really, really exciting episode. And a I'll cracker. Yeah, it will be a cracker. I think it's going to be... Uh, It'll be a decent length episode as well, Craig. It's, What's it's this one? We're, we're, we're getting up there. Oh, yeah, we always do. We're getting up there. I think this is respectfully in line with what people would want. Oh, man, I always always surprise me that we're able to talk shit that long. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Doesn't it always surprise you? Just, just always go, oh, wow, really? Oh. Yeah. We, we're talking about it more? Yep. I downloaded a podcast the other day. Um, which is hardcore history, and it goes for four hours. Yeah, I like the hardcore history. Oh, really? I haven't, I haven't listened to it, but yep. um, yeah, I was like, man, who could talk for that long? And then I realized ours go for like two and a half. Yep, <laughs> on average. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and that's talking about a two-hour movie. Yeah, exactly. as opposed that's not to about history and, uh, and a three-hundred-year journey, <laughs> being actually educated. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I check out horrible histories. Uh, not horrible history. Hardcore. Horrible histories, histories is awesome too, man. Yeah, I love horrible Evie loves horrible histories. <laughs> but also, if you like um, breakdown of composition and stuff like that, talk strong songs, man. I was trying yeah. to tell you to get you to get on that. Have you listened? Yeah. to No, nah, not yet, man. Listen to it, man. It's so good. I just I know you'd appreciate it. I have to. I have to. My problem is that I. I spend so much time listening to this in oh, my yeah, spare true, time. Jeff's the editor. He's, <laughs> the, not, he's not egotistical. He's the, the editor. <laughs> I have been listening to it while we're doing podcast plugs. I've been listening to a really cool one uh, purely because it's like four to 14 minutes long, but it's called 99% Invisible. Oh, cool. And it's a design um, podcast which talks about those things that are in designs that you don't ev- ever see. Oh, wow. That's so, good. So they did a really cool one about, um, I've gone straight to the beginning, so there's a really cool one about the use of sound in spaces mm. and so how they'll have fountains because without fountains, uh, public spaces are really empty and not inviting. Yeah. And so the sound of a trickling fountain actually brings people into oh, the wow. space. Really, really interesting. So 99% invisible. Check and it out. And another one is last podcast on the left. 
Oh, I've heard about that one. Is it oh, good? Man. Oh, seriously, oh, I'm a huge fan of it. And they come, they're coming to Sydney. So they're really? Actually come to, yeah, they're, they're, they're one of the biggest in the world. So they actually We should travel. venture out, Craig. They've actually traveled. Um, they've come down, they're coming down in June. Um, I think they're already sold out. Oh, so, but, um, how disappointing. Yeah, last part. Oh, no, there's, there's some no, there's some seats. It's not VIP tickets, that's all. Last podcast on the left. It's very funny. It's somewhat politically incorrect. That's the reason I enjoy it. But it's all about like serial killers and occult and crazy shit. Interesting. Oh, it's heaps fun. It's I'll heaps have to fun. check it out. All right, guys. Well, tune in next week. Tune in We've next only week. got two films left, Craig. Wow. Isn't that crazy? It's not, man. Uh, but I'll tell you what, emotionally draining. <laughs> tell you what, every film, man, emotionally I, draining. I, I've... There's more depth to his film than I gave him credit for. A hundred percent. This is a man who who looks like I reckon it's one of those things. I'm call I'm gonna give a little analogy for him that I think is is the case. He's like Heston Blumenthal, who's the the cook. Yeah. The the chef, he makes a food that looks like a hamburger and then when you eat it there's like all this complexity and subtleties in there that you wouldn't have got before. Just looks like a and and I'm gonna take it to a political uh, an incorrect place, a pl- yep. uh, an PC place. It's like a a blonde bombshell who actually intelligent conversation. You actually see, you know, or if those guys you see, yeah, I sort of hate those people, those guys who are just like ridiculously good looking and then they carry an intelligent conversation because oh, oh. I no longer have anything over them. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, you have to sit across from me every week, Craig. I'm safe with you, Jeff. <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, I have nothing over these people, I, I, you know, I can't go. Oh, I'm smarter than you. No, no. Well, they're just smarter, better looking. They're just a better model than me. Yeah, <laughs> better design, yeah, better version, better version. He's better, better version. version. But I, I wholeheartedly <laughs> agree, Craig, because I think one of the real revelations I've had about Zack Snyder is he's not just a visual director. Yeah, there's so much more to him, and that's what makes him a, a visionary director. Exactly, and that's what. But I've also found more tragedy. In yeah. Because yeah. there's so many, not just by himself, you know, not by his, you know, not just obviously because of what's happened in his personal life, but there's so many, m- there's missed opportunities. Yes. Yeah. You know, and you just go, oh man, he nearly grabbed it. Yeah. You know, he you know. nearly got there. Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, well guys, thanks so much for being with us. Yeah, thanks uh, guys. We can't wait for next week. So can't wait. From all of us here at From First to Last Podcast, I'm Jeff Reed. I'm Craig Killian. And we'll catch you next week. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs>